On this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, we are talking about short films. So that means I'm going to keep this intro really short. Attention planet Earth and beyond! I mean, the point being that we are discussing short films, and keeping with that theme, I will not draw out my intro. Stay tuned for Attack! I mean, not to beat a dead horse here, but I just want to make make sure that you understand that by keeping my intro short is tied to our topic of short films. Get it? Short intro, short films. On the Killer Podcast! It's not like I'm trying to get out of writing a clever intro. I don't want you to think that at all. No, I mean, I I love writing intros, and and I actually had an idea for a different intro that I thought had been cool, but I, I decided to go with this, because I actually thought a short intro would just make sense in the theme of short films. Okay, now we can start the show. What's happening, y'all? Insane Mike here, host of Attack of the Killer Podcast, the horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together, hang out, and talk about their common interests. That's right, horror movies. Booga booga booga. <laughs> Attack of the Killer podcast can be heard along with several other amazing podcasts on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The Prescribed Films Podcast Network is our very own network that we here at Attack of the Killer podcast started up. Uh, it's been what, like three months now? Three, four months? Yeah, 14 years now mm-hmm. we're going on it. <laughs> I'm bad at time. <laughs> And we are now up to 12 shows, including our newest edition, Campfire Indoctrination Podcast. Hot dang, another one, the Dirty Dozen. That's right. Um, And it's a great show. Uh, You should check it out. Uh, They discuss one film per episode and determine if it's a killer or merely a victim. So you can check them out and all the other shows on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network at <laughs> thepfpn.com. That's right, thepfpn.com. Yeah, stay tuned. They're going to have me on one of their new episodes. We're going to talk about the new Halloween movie. Ooh. That's right. Ooh. I'm going to start my own podcast where I just talk about the podcasts on our network. But you already have the Shrek podcast (laughs) but you guys won't let me put it on the network so well of course we will buddy i already i already have a network okay there's a whole shrek shrek work (laughs) oh that's right the famous shrek work podcast network (laughs) i really hope there's a listener out there that's like googling right now shrek work (laughs) the closest thing is i got an album by that german group craft craft work (laughs) close Okay, uh, so you could be a supporter of the show through our Patreon. I know a lot of podcasts out there have Patreon nowadays, um, so we want to make sure it's worth every penny for supporting our show. So I feel like you get more for your money by supporting our show than probably a lot of others. I'm just Heck put yeah, that we out got there. so much stuff, it's probably not fair. It's not! Uh, when you are a supporter of Attack of the Killer podcast, you get weekly content exclusive to you that's pretty cool such as bonus episodes special videos by various members of the show 
my YouTube series, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten List, and so much more. So you too can be a supporter of the show by going to patreon.com backslash A-O-T-K-P. So do it. It'd be really cool. Now I do want to do take it. I do want to take <laughs> I do want to take a moment before we get too much further, and I want to um, give a shout out and a thank you to our sponsor, Shutter. Shutter. Now, if you don't know Shutter, what's wrong Fuck with you? you. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Where have you been? It get is get out from underneath that rock. That's right. It it's the streaming service for horror. It really is. <clears throat> Doesn't matter if you're a newbie who still thinks M- Michael Myers' hockey mask is cool, <coughs> or if you're a hardcore oh, horror nerd that is campaigning for a 4K restoration of Happy Birthday to Me. Shudder is for you. We call it here at Attack of the Killer Podcast the Netflix for horror. Dang right. Uh, and you can get this awesome service. Only It's only like $4.99 a month, yo. What? $4.99 a month. That's a steal. Or... Even better what? of a steal is forty nine ninety nine for a whole year. Wow, that's awesome. That's, it that's is cheaper than any other service. It is. It's, it's cheaper than Xbox Live. Oh, it's cheaper than Netflix. Oh, by half. It's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. And you can get this service on your favorite devices, like your iPhone, your iPad, Apple TV, Roku. Um, if you have a device, it's on there. That's right. Not, you can get not it. a PlayStation 3 or a PlayStation 4, though. Of course yeah. you can. Yeah. You just got get the right app for the app. <laughs> you got to plug it in with the other cord. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so we feel so strongly about Shudder. And we are truly fans. This isn't just because they're our sponsor. We are truly fans. And to prove that to you, we are prepared to let you try it for a month for free. It is our gift to you. So if you go to Shudder.com backslash podcast and enter the promo code AOTKP, you get a month for free. You're welcome. Don't say I never get you anything. (laughs) But it's cool. You can try it out. Risk-free. It's such a good bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're drug dealers here, man, because, yeah. you know, the first sample, the first taste is free, but then, boom, they're hooked. And so. you'll be glad about it. That's true. That is, that, yeah, that's you a good like, point. Thanks, Mike, for the drugs that I love. <laughs> oh, there's a sound bite. So, again, go to Shudder.com backslash podcast and enter the promo code AOTKP. So this is episode 169, and we will be talking about horror short films. But I can't do it all alone, so it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. So I really don't know what to say, man. Um, my Rocky Horror Picture Show crowd helps clean up afterwards. Must be a bunch of savages in Burlington. Tad good, everybody. <laughs> hey, how, how many people do you guys get for yours? Wait, what? what's your count? <laughs> how many what's that? Get, how many did you get? 350. We got 352. <laughs> did you? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's awesome. 350. 
I need about 350. I don't know. We didn't even we didn't do a hood count this year. Um, it was really that's awesome though, man. That you yeah, that many. People. That was very awesome. Yeah, more seats than us. Shush. That's very true too. And yours is an actual theater. Um, you know, like Jason was saying, uh, well, he saw that picture and you know, and I saw it as a huge success, yeah, and then exactly. everyone was getting all butt hurt and mad. I'm like, what? Oh, I know. I, I wasn't <laughs> posting it as a complaint. It, it I got know. Taken out of context. I'm like. <laughs> It was actually against the, the... Anyways, this is our intro, but anyways. Um, <laughs> I had so many people, as soon as we announced it, they were like, just one showing? Ugh, why? And I was like, well, if you want to stick around for a second one and help out, and then nothing. So right. that was just sort of towards all the people who were very upset that we got down to one showing. Yeah. So that, that's all. Well, that's. I'm really excited. I wish I could have gone to yours. I really wanted to. Um, I wish I could go to yours too. That, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I've never, I've never been able to stick around long enough for it. So. Yeah, one of these, one of these years, we'll get to each other's. <laughs> yes. It's it's just been so long since I've been to one Somebody where else's. I'm not right. seeing it. Yeah. Okay, so next up, I am super jealous of his Universal Monsters lunchbox from 1978. Not just because <laughs> it's an amazing, it's an amazing condition, but it also still has the chicken noodle soup from 1978 in its thermos. <laughs> Andy Wassum, everybody. Hello, hello. I've I've actually tried that, and it's still mm good. Oh, gross! <laughs> <laughs> I love your new video, and I yes. um, it's great. I don't think these people will have seen it yet, but stay tuned. Um, but then when you said you got like 153 lunchboxes, I about fell out of my chair. <laughs> it it may it may be around like 130 or something, but you know there's uh, it actually started with uh, a vintage uh, Incredible Hulk. I don't know when that was when that one came out, but that one had the thermos in it, and then I just like oh man, I really need to you know get these. So I, I got I got a I got a few favorites and you know not they're not all they're not all horror they can't be they didn't yeah. make a hundred and stuff <laughs> yeah. that'd be pretty cool if they did yeah be no it's just cool. crazy it's, it's awesome to learn that about you that we I mean obviously we know you like horror and you collect things but I didn't know it was gonna be lunch boxes it's awesome Edge. so I have a question for you with your lunch boxes I have two lunch boxes from my childhood and I actually grew up in the era of like metal lunch boxes so um yeah. that i loved there's two of them that i loved more than anything else in the world i wish i still had them there was the marvel superheroes one do you have got that it one? nice yeah awesome it's it's black with the human torch and all that and yes yeah he's got three of them mike <laughs> probably <laughs> and then my gi joe metal lunch box which I think uh, came out right about the time of the first line of of figures, because yeah, straight arms. Well, yeah, yeah. no, the, no, they still had hinges in the elbows that, that are, are. Well, yeah, but yeah. Uh, they they twit they there was a. I mean, I could go into it later, but <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Okay, but yeah, like because I think if I remember right, the characters that were on that lunchbox were just some of those basic original, some of the original ones, not. Like before, it really got into like characters like you know shipwreck or whatever. But uh, uh, do you yeah, have that one? Snake guys. Yes, I do. I guess got snake eyes, nice. soccer, and uh, Duke. Yeah. I also have a, a Transformers one with the thermos oh, as well for, for Jason's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thundercats, Fraggle Rock, 
Uh, I've got a Charlie's Angels, Bionic Woman, uh, Dukes of Hazard. Do you have the, a lot? Do you have the 1976 King Kong, the Dale De Laurentiis King Kong? There was a really sweet lunchbox that I never got that one, but I really wanted yeah, it's that blue. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got it. Nice, damn! Gosh, just didn't I've know got, this about Andy. It's so cool. I've got all three. I've got all three Star Wars with the thermos, but there's a there's a there's two versions of Empire Strikes Back, and I've only got one version. So I've got Clash of the Titans too. Oh, you're a fan. <laughs> just one of the two. Okay, I'm I'm seeing a uh, lunchbox podcast. Maybe he might do it. <laughs> This is just the straight uh, metal ones. Like some some of the oldest ones I've got are like I've got a Bonanza one that's in really good condition. I've got a Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Oh, Damn. Land of the Land of the Giants. Oh, I've got a Get. Uh, I've got a Get Smart. It's it's uh, something. Most of these are in fairly good condition, but some of them are a little rough. I, I have a Hardy Boys. Uh, shit. Uh, but I also, Knight, I also Knight instantly Rambo. thought about like when I heard 130 some lunchboxes, I thought space for 130 some lunchboxes. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, it must well, have a whole nother wing to your house. See, here, here's the deal. I have a <laughs> a sun porch, ah. and it wrap and it wraps around my house. So what I did is I put shelves on the upper part of it. So there's just it's shelves just all around this wraparound porch, and that's what holds, I'd probably say, 80% of them. Nice. Awesome. That's awesome. So the minute you go out and uh, out to my porch and look up, you're just like, it's, you know, this upper part on this wood paneling is just lunchboxes just wrapping around you. Kind of like how they put, like, trains up on the wall, and it, yep. like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so yeah, still not done with intros. Uh, lastly, <laughs> uh, he he went. No, you're, you're fine. I kept asking questions. Um, lastly, he went and saw the new Halloween movie without me, and no, I'm not going to ever let it go. Jason Bollinger. Oh man, he really isn't. Oh my gosh, I thought maybe he would, but not. Hey everybody, what's up? Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. Ugh. So yeah. Um, so we're doing this topic, uh, short films, and before we do the to topic, I'm going to turn it over to Tad for his segment. All right, well, before we kick off the episode, we always start with what we watched, where we go around, and just talk about something that we watched that is not part of this episode. And I'm going to start with Jason because I think we watched some of the, the same stuff. So, Jason, what did you watch? Oh, I'm my God. Back for a little bit. Yeah, you might want to. I'll go as fast as I can, I promise. It feels, it's been a little <laughs> while since we recorded, since we had that Andre Gower live episode, right? They, like, gave us an extra week or something. I don't know. I just have 14 horror movies that I Jesus. have on my list. That I've watched since the last time we recorded. I'll go fast. Um, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And. Wait, it, it, have you never seen it before? No, I've seen it. I just watched oh, okay. it. Okay. Um, just, just making sure. Just making sure. Yep. Most of these I haven't. That one's special because Tina and I got this matching tattoo. 
So we've been watching it more and collecting. Okay, but uh, speaking of Tina though, um, and Shutter and why Shutter's so awesome. Shutter put out this uh, calendar of thirty-one days and movies to watch on Shutter. Oh yeah, and Tina's awesome and has been actually watching them every night. All the movies that they come up. Um, why isn't she a guest on here? I know. I keep trying to get her on, but you guys need to help me. But uh, and every time I've been over there. I get to watch some of the movies with her. So some of these are, a bunch of these are from that. Like The Canal from 2014. We did that at the Capitol. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was blown away by it. I, uh, when we got, the, like, in 2014, when it was in theaters, we somehow, I don't remember how it came yeah, to be, wow. but they offered it to us, and I was like, oh, sure, you know, I'll play it, and I'll probably have to push a movie I'm not, too fond of and they sent us you know so i could watch it ahead of time and i'm like well holy shit this is sort of a little hidden gem and yeah. i didn't you know I, I had a hard time getting people out for it but i really enjoy i was actually very surprised by it that's that's good because it's on my to-do list yeah I every, got it. <laughs> every time i flip by it on shutter i'm like the canal okay you know it's not like inviting i don't know it's just it's a, a weird... shitty title all right it's... it look it looks like a straight to video like you know normal the image they got, yeah yeah, it's just it, nothing about it stands out. But when you watch it, it's really pretty damn eerie. For sure, e- e- eerie canal. Thank you. <laughs> I was hoping it would get there. Ching. Up next, I, got, I finally watched. Uh, I watched Haunters: The Art of the Scare. Nice, good, freaking awesome. How freaking awesome was that, Doc? So good. You ready to go do some extreme haunts? Absolutely not. And then I saw Venom. That was kick ass. Oh, saw Venom cool. without me too. Just stop it. You know. <laughs> I asked you, and you said Simon might be too scared. Yeah, yeah. And I was too scared, but no, it was good. Like I thought, reviews like right that weekend it came out. Uh, I thought people were shitting on it fast and hard. Yeah, I got that impression too. But then also, it was freaking number one. So make up your same, mind, people. I watched it. I thought it was kick ass, and I'm not a Tom Hardy fan really, but he was great, and it was funny, and it was good, and I don't know. You get past a couple of the CGI-ness of it, and it's not too bad. It's really good. And then a couple of episodes ago, we watched some some uh, old black and white films, so I busted out my Universal set, uh, Blu-ray set that I got, and I nice. popped in The Bride of Frankenstein. I haven't watched that forever. Yeah, yeah. Watched a lot of the behind-the-scenes, you know, a lot of the footage on that, and that was freaking awesome. Um, another one on People Shudder. Long dead. yeah. yeah. Uh, still born, still slash born. Two thousand seventeen. Watch that on Shutter. Shutter. It. Uh, I feel like it's in the same vein as the canal. It's just like a. I see it. I see the title. Totally not interested. Um, but, but then, as a parent, you might be. I don't know. Tina had a hard time. It's a hard one because there's twins, but the second one doesn't make it. And, it's a creepy little thing. But it was good. It was totally good. Um, then also on the shutter list was the Blair Witch Project. I haven't watched it since 1999 when it came out in the theater. Really? And it scared wow. me. Yeah, I mean, it It, it got me. I, I wasn't into all the um, behind the scenes. I wasn't part of the fake out of the internet of 
I just I saw it and it scared the holy fuck out of me and I've never been camping since and I when I got home I ran from the car to the house I was so scared but uh <laughs> but I haven't watched it since then and I was a little nervous one because it's scary two it's been a while I'll tell you what it was better than I remember it flowed so much better than I thought it was damn good folds up pretty well it huh? really does I thought um, speaking of oldies and goodies, uh, it was great to watch The Evil Dead, the original 1981 with Tina. She'd never seen it. That was another shut Really? Down. Yep. That was a lot of fun. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. <clears throat> then uh, also on Shudder was a movie called We Go On, which was another freaking fantastic movie. I'm telling you, Shudder is awesome. Um, yeah, We Go On. Check it out. It's uh, I, I was personally relatable to it because the main character kind of, it's not that I was in an accident, but he was in an accident, and he became really, really, really um, obsessed with dying, or, or not dying, I guess. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about death and not wanting to die. Yeah. So he, uh, he had some money, and he put out a call for like, uh, $30,000 to anyone who can give me proof about the afterlife, as in that would help him relax, give him yeah. some relief that at least something's out there. So anyway, there's adventures in, uh, ensue after that. And it's, a really, it's really cool what happens. Um, Pumpkinhead was on there. We watched. No, I think we just watched that because she just... She can click that button. I can't. <laughs> I... I sit and I flip around for fucking hours until I get tired and don't watch anything. I could have watched a whole movie in the amount of time I was flipping yeah. through all that shit. Yeah. And she's got this amazing ability to just, oh, let's just uh, look at that. And I'm like, how did you, what are you doing? We didn't research this. What if it's shitty? What if it, no, she just clicks buttons. Anyways, good pick. Pumpkinhead's awesome. Um, cargo. Um, that one was Kick-Ass from 2017. Super good, super depressing. It's got what's-his-name in it. I should have looked that up. I can't remember his name. Oh, that Cargo on Netflix. Um, I find, um, We watched Grizzly this yeah, weekend that's again. Yeah, on my list, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we finally watched... Not just did we watch Grizzly. Again, but we watched... A Riff Tracks. Riff Tracks Grizzly on Prime. Ah. Dude, it is the funniest Riff Tracks I may have ever seen. Wait, what's our news? What's our news? Hey, you big sack of grits. Yeah, that's what we're going to That's our new go greeting. Start saying that anyway. to people. Um, I finally saw The House of the Devil. Thank you, Shudder's monthly thing. Oh, God damn ton. Very I know. Well, I always thought it was... I thought you it's, said stay away from it because it sucked, but I must have been thinking about something else, so I stayed away from uh, it. Yeah, I, yeah. I really liked it. It was I fucking great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, you son of a... And then lastly, 14th movie, uh, this little thing called Halloween 2018. I don't know, Mike, have you seen it yet? You weren't there when I saw it, so... Anyway, I felt like we should like reschedule and make Mike go see it tonight. I, I know, right? <laughs> it was almost worth it. On a Tuesday, yes, it's five dollar night, but you don't want to be there with them fucking kids. assholes on, that go out for five dollars movie night. So. But that's yeah. <clears throat> it was good. I liked it. There's, it's not perfect. 
I had the I had the single worst movie viewing experience in my life as far as I had an entire theater full of fuckhead kids that wouldn't shut the fuck up. Excuse my language, mom. But uh Your mom was a Sure she does. And and it was just awful. I mean Did you did you yell at him? I was going to I, I was I already told Tina this, but I really was about to say something, and then she said something out loud. I'm like, well, shit, now I can't say something, because then I'll be talking about her, too. Um, but I was, every time, well, but at the same time, it was also really fucking fun. Because the audience participation, they were mostly kids, but I, I saw this, I saw, there was this row of kids, a couple rows up, and I saw one literally jump out of a seat and scream, oh my god! At its fucking full volume, <laughs> not not to be funny. He was scared shitless, and it was all in front of his buddy friends, and it was hilarious. And then another guy, some part later, he like his hands went up in the air, and he like was shaking. He couldn't like put them down. It was like an uncontrollable thing. And anyway, they're all fucking assholes, and I hate them all. And it really made me want to never go to the movies again ever because it sucked that bad. But it was also kind of really fun because yelling at the screen together was. Kind of neat, but I fucking hated it. So I don't know. Movie's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Are you done? Okay. Oh, um, That's the show. Good um, lord. I tried to go podcast. fast. Thanks for, uh, I tried to go listening. fast. Oh. <clears throat> what about you, Andy? What did you watch? Okay, I didn't watch 14 movies. Um, I, I, mean, I may watch some shows and stuff like that, but I'll... I took full advantage of my my Shutter subscription, and I am a documentary junkie. So I went with uh, "You're So Cool, Brewster: The Hell Story yeah. of Fright Night." Yes, Bikes, that doc is I, great. I really, really liked it. I love all the behind the scenes stuff. I love that's why sometimes I buy special edition DVDs like, you know, Criterion Collection and, you know, Scream Factory, Arrow, Synapse, Vinegar Syndrome. I love all the bells and whistles that they put on there. I love learning behind-the-scenes stuff. I also, I watched the the fake documentary Digging Up the Morrow with Adam Green and Ray Wise, which I thought was was really good. Um, I watched uh, the Road Movie with basically it's Russian dash cams, which oh. is, it's kind of like, it's like a really long, it's like a really long YouTube video. Really long. Um, as, in, I will, as in as bored as fuck. It's, I, 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 I had a little trouble getting through it. Uh, but I, I shut it off. That, I couldn't stick with it, man. I'm sorry. I couldn't stick with it. I shut it off. But there's one thing I was just like these, okay. Apparently a lot of, uh, our comrades drive like complete assholes. But there was one where this, these guys were speeding. And I was just like, okay, I know something's, you know, they're going to wreck because they're just talking nonchalantly, right? And they, they hit this corner and they go over the side rail and they don't, they don't say anything. And they go like nose first into this ravine and start floating. And they're... Their whole tone of voice does not change. These fucking guys are calm. And they're just like, oh, stare to, you know, oh, story, you I mean, I, I know I sound like Boris from Rocky Bullwinkle, <laughs> but they're like, oh, steer, steer towards, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, steer towards bank, you know. 
And I'm just like, you guys just realized you went over a ravine at like 50 fucking miles an hour and hit and it landed in water nothing and i'm just like okay that's got to be like the best part of it right there i'm just like jesus christ i also watched the best worst movie the story about troll 2 awesome i will yeah i think it i thought it was really really interesting i thought it was hilarious for starters yeah um and the guy who played the lead in that, I mean, he's like, he's like the nicest guy ever. He's like somebody I'd want for my neighbor. Oh, you know, yeah. The dentist, yeah. The dentist guy. Um, I also watched uh, Upgrade. Yay! Uh, Lee, Lee Wendell. I really enjoyed it, but the one thing that I have a problem with with this movie, this, this, this stem that's talking to him, he, if this thing is so smart, why did it pick a vessel that will eventually die? I mean, he can send electronic pulses to the brain, but he cannot reanimate dead tissue. Eventually, this guy is going to die. If it's such a smart piece of technology, why did it, you know, it can't regenerate dead tissue. Eventually, it's going to have to find another host. Ted, I guess I'm... I haven't seen it yet, so I can't speak Because it. it's a movie. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> I, okay, maybe I'm overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be logical, jeez. Um, I also watched uh, directed directed DV, DVD. Uh, it's a serial killer movie, uh, not serial killer, a slasher movie, basically called The Row, and it's all these sorority girls. I mean, I really probably would have liked it more when I was 20, but you know, <laughs> now that. You know, now that, you know, I'm not, you know, drinking myself into a coma and these girls, I just wanted to find something to strike every one of them with, you know, maybe it's just, <laughs> just I find it's very irritating. And I also went old school uh, because I thought the, the remake fell flat. I watched the original Death Wish with uh, Charles Bronson. Yeah. And I actually thought it was really good. It was, it was, it's, you know, uh, heads above uh, the remake, you know. And I thought the remake had potential because you had Bruce Willis, Vincent D'Onofrio, and Elizabeth Shue. But it just, it didn't really do anything for me. And I love the fact that um, Jeff Goldblum is in the original Death Wish. Did you guys know this? Oh, yeah, he's oh, like yeah. A, one of the thugs Ra- at the Raper. very beginning. Yeah, yes, yes. And I felt so bad about this. Because I had to laugh because I know he had a part in spray painting some chick's bunghole, but I feel real guilty because, you know, it's my morbid sense of humor. But I think I love these films because they get, they just get progressively worse. Like, uh, and I have to touch on this because I think it's so damn funny. Have you guys ever seen Death Wish 3? Oh, yeah. Death, Death Wish 3 is amazing. Oh, it's amazingly bad, and I love it for that reason because... When when he's taking all these thugs in this you know this uh, this this community this this project which is you know, you can completely tell that it's on a soundstage it's funny he's got this thirty caliber machine gun right and now I'm not the most foremost expert on you know firearms but when you fire off like 12,000 rounds when your hand is on the muzzle, I'm pretty sure that's going to turn your hand into the consistency of fucking pudding. <laughs> but I figured Cannon, th- Cannon felt, ah, fuck it, he's Charles Bronson. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, and for those who don't know how uh, fucked up 
Death Wish 3 is I've got two words for you, Canon Films. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I love it for that reason. And yeah. plus I think it's got I think it and plus it's got Bill from Bill and Ted in it. Yep. You know? Yep. That, um, which is also which is also good. Alex so Lee. yeah. Yeah. Lo- love me some Death Wish series. And of course, I did go to Halloween 2018. And I was fortunate enough to get a 12:30 showing in the middle of uh, you know 12:30 in the afternoon on on Friday, and I damn near had the theater all to myself. Oh, Three other lucky. guys, I know, right? I was ru- I I said I always set up the up at the top row at this theater that I go to, right underneath the projector. So I'm just like I got the full screen, everything's cool. And three other guys come in, but fortunately, I mean, the only thing that I heard was the rattle of their popcorn, and they maybe have chewed a little bit loud. <laughs> but, 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 but that's it. And and it was, it was and it was it was really 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 good. Uh, it's not a perfect movie by any means, uh, you know. But at the same time, uh, since I have such a love affair with the original. I wanted to enjoy this movie, you know, by itself as a standalone movie. So I, I, you know, I think people make the mistake of going in there. They try to pick it apart, and they're not going to enjoy the movie at all. They've already, they've already judged it. Yeah. Just, just go in there, you know, like it's a standalone movie, and I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it a lot more. But that's just me, and that's what I watch. Awesome. What about you, Mike? What I watched. Well, I didn't get to go see the new Halloween movie yet, but I was thoroughly entertained by the Jason Justin debate <laughs> that I witnessed over the weekend it only about went the new a Halloween hours. Movie. What's that? It only went a few hours. <laughs> that was very entertaining. I finally got around to watching Puppet Master La- uh, Littlest Right. Yay! Um, you know, I've got I've got concerns, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, but it was still a lot of fun. Good, good gore. You know, some of the best looking puppet work in the whole series. It wasn't just some guy off camera waving the puppet and then reusing the same stop motion stock footage from the first film. So at least there's that. Uh, but yeah, uh, just, I thought the acting was pretty bad and I blame direction more than anything else for that because there's good actors in it. So that I know I can do things. So anyway, but uh, yeah, but it was still fun. Um, I just recently got, I recently purchased finally the Blu-ray Criterion release of John Waters' Multiple Maniacs. So excited! So happy. Um, I went straight to the commentary track. So I watched it with the commentary track just last night. Um, you know, it's the first commentary, first time he's done a commentary track for it. So, for this movie, so it was awesome, and it was cool because I didn't have to. It, you know, he really talked a lot about the film, about that era of his filmmaking, because that was really kind of, that was the first one he did that had actual sound. Yeah, so I had dialogue, and so he, he just talked about the his circle of friends that were making that he was making movies with, and that era of making movies. Where he was at as a filmmaker, where Baltimore was at, you know, when he was making these movies. Um, so it was great. It wasn't there wasn't like a ten minute 
off-topic conversation on why you don't wear white after Labor Day, like I think he says on one of his other commentary tracks. So it was a really good commentary track. I can't wait to check out the rest of this disc. And it's just awesome that <laughs> Multiple Maniacs has a Criterion release. It blows my mind. Yeah. So uh, Jason already mentioned the Grizzly Riff tracks. I had that on my list. I foolishly marathoned... <laughs> Making a Murderer season two. Oh, you were having such a boner for the first season. Second, no, and I'm not saying anything bad when I say you sounded foolishly. like it wasn't going good. No, cause the foolish part is I marathoned it like uh, Sunday Sunday night. Um, I I got out of bed at eleven o'clock, and by then I think I was only two or three episodes in. I finished the season. I didn't go to sleep Sunday. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was up for 24 hours by the time I went to bed last night. So um, so it's really good. It's not, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but again, like I don't think it can be. It's its own story, right? Because, yeah. well, that, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I like the angle they took with it. They spent a lot of time with his new lawyer, and his new lawyer is freaking amazing. This woman is... Um, it's just all about finding the truth. Oh, so it's the same case? Yeah, it's yeah, it's still oh. the Stephen Avery case. I just assumed it'd be a different case. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's all about her trying to get the case open back up and and get him re- getting getting him a new trial and everything and oh, so good and she yeah she's just such an awesome hard ass you know she's she's gonna get it done it's crazy I have every bit of faith that she she does and it's just. When she's doing all this, all this detective work and research, it's like it opens up questions again, like, you know, what did happen, who could have done it, and that kind of thing. <clears throat> I felt like it was way more heavy on, on um, used footage from like news shows and stuff like that. But I kind of feel like they kind of stuck with that because this the first series was so popular that. You know, they had a hard time filming um, back in that town just because everybody knew who they were now, unlike the first time. Nobody who knew who these filmmakers were, and they can they could get what they wanted, and it was a lot more difficult this time around. Um, you know, and it's, it's kind of hard to give you new information in this documentary when it's such a high-profile case that by the time this documentary comes out, everything is old news. So... But uh, I, st- I was still obviously engaged enough to freaking stay up 24 hours watching this stupid thing. So I still enjoyed it a lot. It's, just diff- it's definitely different from the first season. And it's way worth it for watching the lawyer doing her job on trying to get a new trial. So That's like a dozen movies worth of time right there. So I know. I know. And then uh, lastly, I... Watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, you cheater! Hmm. <laughs> so that's all I watched. Tad, what about you? Well, I did not. I have not watched a whole lot actually, um, but I'll go through my list pretty quick. Um, obviously, working at the theater a lot, so I watched Nosferatu on the big screen. Ooh, how was cool. it? Cool. Uh, that's always. It's always cool. Uh, every time I see it, I see. A few things I missed the first time, and we watched the 
Criterion. Uh, I think it's the Criterion. Did they put it out? Yeah. The uh, basically no, it's it's not theirs. It's Kino Lorber. It's their like new scan of it. It's very very clear and nice and cleaned mm. up. Uh, love that. Watched. Um, last night we went and saw Bad Times at the El Royale. How was it? That was a lot of fun. Drew Goddard's new movie, the writer and director of Cabin in the Woods. He he has a new movie out, and it's a whole lot of fun. It's a little long, but it's really good. Um, not not necessarily any relation to horror, so I won't talk too much about that one. We watched the original Halloween on Wednesday at the Capitol, and then saw the new Halloween Thursday night, like the next night without watching anything in between, which is really cool. So, Tad, uh, yeah. you, you've been following this movie for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think? Um, I really, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I really did like it. I mean, it's a strong like. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but I, I want to see it again to give it another yep. fair shake. I feel like no matter how good it would have been, it, it would have really been hard to live up to that much hype and expectation from me. Yep. But I agree. It had had some part, but there's some little subplots in the story I won't talk about that I felt were completely unnecessary. But some <laughs> of the, but I mean, it's a fan service, absolutely. If you are a diehard like our group here is, and if you're listening to this, you probably are. Um, I I mean, watching it right after the first. You know, I've I've heard several people say, you know, you got to do it that way. It's it's way cooler that way, you know. And seeing them on the big screen back to back provided something very unique. It not, I think it hurt and helped it a little bit. It, it hurt because, I mean, to me, John Carpenter's ha- Halloween is like the essential horror flick. It has, you know, to me, it's everything. Like I wouldn't be talking to you guys if I didn't see that. You know, I wouldn't be here yeah. on this podcast. I wouldn't be at the Capitol running. I wouldn't have a film festival. I wouldn't have any of that if it wasn't for Halloween. So that's the movie that changed everything for me. But um, horror, what horror one hundred and one, right there. Yeah, I mean, it's just to me, it's the quintessential. And um, strangely enough, we had a really good crowd at the new Halloween showing and a pretty bad crowd at the Capitol. Um, we t- we showed it twice. The first crowd was god awful, and the second crowd was really good. The other way, like they were dead quiet. Um, but the first crowd, there was like a big group of women, probably in their late thirties, that came in as like a group, and they were like treating it like it was a uh, Kevin Hart movie or something. They were just like, huh. I I I, almost, I wanted to go up and intro it because I remember seeing it. We've played at the Capitol probably five times. And I remember one of the times we watched it, a lot of it, it got so many laughs that it oh, like broke my heart. Like I wanted to like just crawl yeah. in a hole and die. So I wanted to almost inter- introduce it and ask people not to. But to me, you know, I don't I shouldn't tell people what how to react to a movie. So I just bit my lip and we asked people to stay quiet. We had to shush some people a few times. But um, I don't know. It's just it, it blows my mind. I was talking to a lady in the hallway, and I won't go on too long of a rant, but um, lady I used to work with, she was it was before the movie, and she was like, you know, 
the first time I saw this movie, it was pretty scary, but now I just love to laugh at it. And I'm like, what's funny about it? And she's like, well, you just know, you know, the music gives away all the scares, you know, when he's coming and, and the way he sits up and the way he, he does things. It's so stupid. I'm like, what's <laughs> stupid about it? And she's like, well, you know, Jamie Lee throws away the knife and does it. And I'm like, you understand this is this movie was the first to do any of this stuff. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, there was Psycho and there was Texas Chainsaw. But this like every slasher trope that we see of, mm-hmm. you know, the the final girl, the that's watered every, it down enough for you to think it's funny. Right. Everything you, we've been desensitized. You've seen it a million times, but this is the first time it's, you know, it was done. And they weren't doing it because it was a formula. He said he made like Carpenter made the formula. Whether you know it wasn't intended, but it's just it, it just like I was like red in the face. I wanted to like <laughs> just scream at her. And then you know, and then like I see on Facebook she's posting about how like she just thinks it's so the movie's just so hilarious and cheesy and this and that. And I'm just like uh. I want to sit her in a room with like you know some of these historians like film experts that just like see this film as you know the highest of arts and it's just it it blows my mind that she would pay money to come and shit on it but whatever um i i find it uh if i could just my two cents here i find it funny how like you know why you know everybody's just like She's why did she throw the knife away? Well, she's basically a teenage girl from the Midwest who's scared out of her mind. She doesn't really know how to deal with these situations and she's trying to process the fact that she just great she just stabbed someone. You know, she doesn't do this shit every day, you know. I mean, just her emotions are, are erratic, you know. Yeah, so, it's easy easy to say what you would do when you're not in that situation. <laughs> exactly. I mean, her 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 first instinct would be to run, but she also has children there to protect, you know. So, yeah, she dropped the knife because she thought the guy was dead. So you should yeah, put on I the mean, mask, Tad, and go over to her house. Oh, uh, it's to, it's like I wanted to be like how many how many of these horror movies do you think Jamie you know that Laurie Strode saw before Halloween because you've seen them all and so you know exactly what to do in a situation. But you know even. Jamie Lee Curtis, there were, she didn't, you know, they didn't have any, you know, it's just, I don't know, I could go on about it forever, but it's like, you think about it, like, they didn't, the character, Laurie Strode, if she was in real life, she never had seen a movie like this, there was never a movie where a slasher was slowly stalking you, so honestly, like, if she was a real character, she would not know what to do, you know, and it's, it's it, I don't know. It's it's a stupid argument because you know humans. Yeah, she may be trying to process the fact that she just saw, I don't know, three of her classmates that she was very close to with dead. Well, they sort yeah. of they sort of touch on that in the new Halloween without spoiling anything. It's a very interesting sort of part. I thought in the writing was very clever where one of the kids is talking to Lori's granddaughter and says, you know. Well, why is it a big deal? Why is she so traumatized? You know, he only killed five people and he's been incarcerated for 40 years. Who cares? It's, you know, and it's like, that's the kind of world we live in now where we see this shit in the news every single fucking day. You know, it's like we see Nazis walking, marching through town. We see, you know, people getting murdered, you know, mass school shootings. In 1978, that wasn't normal. You know, it's it's, so. yeah. I'm sorry, we're, we're so desensitized, and that's what's scary. 
right to me to me yeah and it's just it's it i mean i thought that was very smart in the in the new movie where that kid is sort of like well why would laurie strode why is she making such a big deal why did she just get over it it was just you know he only murdered a handful of kids and he got caught like he's been in prison why is she even why does she why is she traumatized why didn't she move on and that's like very very honest take on what people would react like now you know it's like if you since we're ignoring all the sequels you know you have to i don't know it's like it's it is very very i I love that little part it's just a little tiny blip in this great in this huge movie but it to me it was just so telling of the times and they sort of nailed it like 40 years later this this traumatic thing that everybody started telling Lori to get over and and say and acts like she's you know so broken and she's crazy for not getting over this it's like yeah because you grew up around it you know she in 78 that was a huge deal but anyways i'm gonna move on to what else i watched (laughs) i also watch um i've been watching eli roth's history of horror on amc has anyone else watched any of it no i was but i I am curious uh the first one was zombies um i i really enjoyed it outside of the point where they had uh they had to do their own pushing of walking dead which Love it or hate it, it is a huge part now of horror, of zombie history, but I felt like they forced it in there just because they wanted to push that. But And I also felt like they left... I'm on the third episode now. They did the first one, Zombies, and then Sunday and last night they did episodes on the history of slashers. They did a two-part on slashers, oh, so two nice. hours. Nice. And um, all of it's really fantastic, but they're... One thing I've noticed is that they are centering completely on American films so far. So they're doing zombies, yeah. but they never mention Fulci's, which oh, is right. like that's what I heard. Yeah, I heard, I heard uh, Romero. I heard Romero got a lot of love, but no, no mention of Fulci. Yeah, right. And I, I, I'm guessing maybe you know when you're only getting an hour, maybe they sort of had to put up some parameters because I, I guarantee, with all the people they talk to. He got brought up, I guarantee it, and they had to just sort yeah. of cut some stuff out or they couldn't get the rights to show some of the clips because they're showing clips from everything they talk about. And the slasher mm-hmm. one, I, I've watched the first, the whole entire first part and only a very beginning of the second part, but it's it covers a lot more and they cover some really deep cuts on there. And they're talking to, you know, they're not talking to just like your normal people. They They have everybody from... Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, I mean, Eli Roth, you know, of course, he's pulled some strings. He's got um, Tarantino on there quite often, which is, I could listen Mm. to Tarantino talk slashers. I fucking love it. Like, you don't get to hear him sort of talk about that kind of stuff because no one asks him about it. So when when he's being asked about this kind of stuff, he digs deep and and he gets typically Tarantino-esque where he's like almost jumping out of his seat, getting so excited about talking about John Carpenter. (laughs) I fucking love it, you know, because... Tarantino to me is the best when he's being a fan. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. he's just a very rich fan that gets to play with a lot of money. Um, but they talk to a lot of you know they they talk to a lot of very important people and and a lot of they they talk to Edgar Wright, which I thought was awesome. Nice. They talk to, you know I, I just like to get a different perspective for, outside of the same group of people. I was a little worried that we'd get like Eli Roth and Greg Nicotero sitting at a table and talking the whole time. 
which we get a lot of that in the zombie one, obviously. But um, they they have Rob Zombie on, which love him or hate love or hate his films. Yeah. The guy the guy is very passionate about horror and knows his yeah, horror. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We don't so hear him talk it, much either. So right, and it's and it's interesting to hear him talk about how he like rode his bike for two hours to see Night of the Living Dead in a theater you know at a midnight showing and when he was a teenager before he had a car and those kind of stories i love hearing you know where these guys sort of where their passion for horror came from you know so i i highly suggest that you don't have to love eli roth because it doesn't have a whole lot of him he he intros and and does the sort of uh talks he talks about the history a little bit with a you don't even see him in those parts you just hear his voice and then he sort of just comes and goes in conversation with people but it's you know a lot of i know he gets a lot of hate i don't mind the guy but it's not he's just a host he doesn't talk he, he lets everyone else sort of talk more than he gets to talk so that's you know a plus but i highly suggest it we're three episodes in i think it goes all the way through november i don't remember if it's 10 episodes or 12 or something but i'm i'm hooked and they're really good so i highly suggest them amen and that's, that's everything I've watched, I believe. I probably have a few other. I, I mean, I've been turning on stuff in the background while I'm doing other work, and I've watched some other stuff, but uh, that's mainly what I've watched. Awesome. Okay. Cool. So we should uh, get into the topic. This is going to be a long episode about short films. Yeah, we'll, so, prob- uh, we'll probably talk more about what we watched than short <laughs> films. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, um, who wants to start us off? Uh, Jason, what what should be the first one? Now, normally when we do an episode, we, we pick like three or four movies, but since these are shorts, we, we, we've got a decent list going here. So where should we start, Jason? Um, I would say, well, the uh, the first first one I thought of when we were talking about shorts is uh, there's this guy who I think's from Iowa and he lives not in Iowa anymore. Chris McEnroy. He made uh, so yeah, Mike and I run a film festival. Tad runs a film festival. Andy, you need to start a film festival. <laughs> so we can he all... attends all of our film festivals. Yes, he does. Yes, I uh, tried to make I tried to make him. And uh, this uh, Chris has sent us a film the last three years, and they've all made it in, and he's won awards with all of them, and and they're fucking awesome. But I guess Freaking I'll love them. Yeah, because and why Mike loves them so much is because he really blends the comedy with the gore. Yeah. So it's yeah, like the two best yeah. things. They're so good. So the first one that I saw of his. It's called uh, Bad Guy Number Two. Now, I, <laughs> oh yes. I want to start off saying since you're since you're bringing up Halloween Palooza, I remember when Bad Guy Number Two got submitted. I almost didn't let it in because it it it's not really horror, it's but not, it is rich in gore. So you know you know gore fans um, I, will love this. So short. I think between the excessive gore. And uh, you can tell the quality of the filmmaking. Oh, the quality oh, of these yeah. films are amazing. So Jealous, actually. Yeah, so just right away, you knew. You knew. So I guess that's my pick. And so bad guy number two. Bad what? guy number two. 
What is bad guy number two? Well, it's this guy who's a henchman, and he's working for a mob boss type guy, and and uh, he uh, the the person in he so let's say he starts the short as bad guy number three, but the guy before him gets killed because, because the, the the mob boss <laughs> likes mob to boss kill off everybody off because they botched a thing. Yeah, some something. stupid reason, and yeah. so he gets promoted to bad guy number two, and he's so excited, and he tells his girlfriend, and it's like the best thing ever, and yeah, it, it, the uh, whole interaction with his with his wife or girlfriend, or whatever, is hilarious because you know obviously the concern is like he's going to get killed eventually too. Because that's that's how it happens, you know. Number two always gets killed when, when the bad guys do bumble the job or whatever, and the boss gets pissed and kills number two, and then promotes the next guy. And she's like, "Could you have just not taken?" And he's just like, "Honey, this is a promotion. You don't turn down a promotion." You know, it's talking about it like this is a real job. You know, it's really funny. I, I love how the boss, you know, he has, like, these analogies that are so far out there, <laughs> but they always lead back to getting his butthole licked. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is just hilarious. And, uh, oh, my God. And, and, the, and the blood, you know, with, the, with him, you know, chopping up the bodies with the chainsaw, and he's saying he's sorry. Like, I'm sorry, number three. I'm sorry, chubby little boy. Yeah, oh, like, man. why did he kill the chubby little boy? I don't that. He was a witness. <laughs> oh, a witness, okay. <clears throat> and, um, and since I got to do, uh, there, since I'm kind of the guy on this podcast that does the line of the movie, I had, there's like 15 I could take just out of this short of like some of the best one-liners I've heard. This is, this is what makes this so good to me. Um, but I gotta go with, I'll, I gotta give, uh, uh, two here. Teddy bears don't have fucking buttholes. <laughs> Teddy bears don't want to be screwed. They want their goddamn buttholes licked. <laughs> I, I just, just this, this, the boss is probably my favorite character. I, I love the boss and, uh. You know, just just uh, just the whole just. I mean, it's so damn childish, but yet so funny the way they talk. I don't like your little baby tarp. Get me a big boy tarp, and maybe I will. He's wanting him to stand on the tarp. I mean, just oh man, the comedy is so good. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this short. It's 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 one of my favorites, and the festival that I saw this at. I actually saw um, Night of the Slasher at the same fe- festival, oh, which nice. we'll talk about later. So, yeah, I mean, it was all in all, uh, it's, yeah, it was it was a good show. I mean, but yeah, like I said, I can't say enough good things about, you know, I guess they call their production company The Bear. And uh, bo- both of their shorts that I've that I've seen, I just think are just stellar. I love them. Yeah, the, and the comedy with all these short I mean, he gets good actors in, in because the comedy in all these shorts is really dependent on the performances of the actors and their reaction to things and their line deliveries. Like, I can imagine reading the script on paper not being, you know, laugh out loud funny, but then 
you know, with the cast that they got, it's it's hysterical. And I love too. The movie, the short starts off right away with like the first bad guy number two getting killed and all the blood sprays on bad guy number three who gets promoted to bad guy number two and he never washes the blood off like days passed and he's just still covered in blood through the whole short film and it always squirts in his face yeah yes so much blood yeah i think yeah like you said he's he's his blend of uh chris's blend of horror and comedy is just perfect people don't realize how fucking hard that is because yeah. as someone who judges and watches short films like six months out of the year you know it's there's a lot i mean majority of them cannot hit it on this note and that's why i always look forward to what he's doing because he's nailed it every time and and maybe it's i mean it can't just be my taste because you guys all agree i mean in our every every time we've played it at at snaf the audience loves them it's just it, it's weird because he he knows exactly how far to push it and he goes a little you know you could arguably say he goes a little too far but because mm-hmm. he's using the hu- humor we're all like everybody's a little we can all laugh even though we're not supposed to it's like uh, i feel sort of bad laughing you know at some of the stuff yeah. but yeah but fuck, man, it's so good. <laughs> it's such a guilty pleasure, really. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah. So this came out in 2014, and you can everyone can watch it on Vimeo, and it's a uh, if you search on YouTube, it's a it was a Crypt TV short, and you can watch it on YouTube too. But the Vimeo's probably got the better quality. But yeah, bad guy pound sign two. Yeah. Or hashtag neutral. Neutralize the burn. You want me to pee on it? I can pee on it. (laughs) Guys, it's so funny. It's so gory. His his friend, they're trying to figure out a way to kill the guy that's tied up, and his friend comes in with that acid. No? And he's like, I I think that has more of a disposal mechanism than a a kill mechanism. And he's just like, fuck it, let's just dump it on him anyway. And he raises it up and spills it on himself. Builds himself down to just a pile of goo and bones. That's something I would do. So I find it <laughs> funny because it's like I I somehow always manage to fuck up the little like simple things. I know exactly what I'm not supposed to do. I overthink it and I end up doing exactly what I'm not supposed to do. Well, since we're on, also, oh sorry, go yeah. ahead. I just I also found it funny, you know, since like he's a bad guy and he's got like blood all over himself. And there's a knock at the door, and he hides behind the plant, plant. with a rolled-up newspaper. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that does it. Yeah, I just think that's. I mean, I think that's so damn. That's such a nice touch. It's just like, okay, you just saw a guy get an arrow jammed through his mouth, and you think you're going to be safe with a rolled-up newspaper. <laughs> it's all about that guy for me, Kirk C. Johnson. He he he's like plays. The main guy in all his films. And I was gonna say, is that the same? I mean, it's the same I think guy we should just metal, go straight into we summon the a demon. Yeah, yeah. And death metal. And, so and it's all about Kirk C. Johnson for me. That dude is funny. Yeah. I thought it was the same guy, so I looked, and then I couldn't find. Oh. So I looked death. death. I looked at one of them, yeah. and the other one wasn't on his IMDb page. But the other right, death metal's not on his IMDb but page. It, like I don't think there's Weird any credits weird. from death metal. Yeah. 
on the IMDb page for Death Metal. So yeah, leading into Chris's other film that's on our list is Death Metal from 2016. Now this one does tips its tips its toes a lot more in horror than Bad Guy Number Two, but still it's just straight gore comedy splat uh, splatter splat stick, I guess you could say. But this guy, um, yeah, same actor with a really bad um, heavy metal wig on, black hair, <laughs> long black hair. He's in the park, you know, rocking out on his little mini amp with his guitar, and, like, people think he sucks, you know, guys in ties are flipping him off. And he does suck. <laughs> he does suck. So he goes to his uncle, his dad, I don't know who the, the old metal <laughs> guy was, and he's like, your great-grand... You, wait, what did he say? He said, you used the whammy bar, didn't you? And he's like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and he's like... Oh, here I'll give you this. This was this was your great grandfather's. He made a pact with Satan, and takes this guitar, and uh, there's apparently there's three rules in using this guitar, and the guy didn't stick around long enough. Lars, I think, is his yeah. name in this, isn't it? Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, his name is Lars. Um, he's he take he takes the, ca- the guitar without listening to the rules and of course breaks all three rules cuts to him breaking the last yeah yeah um rocking out again but this time like um he thinks he sounds awesome i don't know if anyone else does yet um but well he's getting money in his pot yeah he finally is yeah. yeah when the axe of uh, when an axe shoots out of the head of the um guitar and starts flying around the park slicing people up um hail satan so yeah um this one this out of the three of his films that we've seen this is probably my favorite one i mean it's it's the bloodiest one i think it's um full of gore uh as that um axe is flying through the air and i think it was it um uh that's a sweet poster sorry (laughs) <laughs> when uh i think it was tad that said something about like um um laughing at the wrong moments or whatever or you feel bad about laughing at certain things with, and, the, with the baby with the baby oh, the baby of course <laughs> i i remember yeah seeing this you know it got submitted to the film festival and like one of my favorite parts of running a film festival is unleashing these films to my judges and waiting. <laughs> and my, my sister was like, uh, I guess I could do some of the... I think he submitted this under, like, comedy and horror. And uh, my sister's like, I want to do comedies. And my sister is, like, the opposite of me, where every... Like, sh- like she can't watch, like, Tosh.0 without getting, like, mad and offended. And uh, she's, you know, a mother. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I can't wait for her to see this, because... Growing up, I would always like show her movies that would gross her out and give her nightmares. And I'm still, yeah, I'm 32, and I'm still like doing that. And this was like one where I was like, I cannot wait for her to hit that scene and for her to feel that impact. Uh-huh. And you know, I got the results I wanted. She's like, Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna wet my pants when the little girl's hands got cut off on the monkey bars. I laughed so damn. <laughs> Oh my god! I got and one thing. I'm sorry. When you're a metalhead, and you, you know, you're a hard rocking guy. You know, you're you're death metal. But when you get your ass kicked by a guy in khakis, you automatically <laughs> got to turn in your metalhead card right then and there, yeah. man. You're yeah. you're done. 
I'm going to steal Andy's bit that he does when we talk about movies, and I'm going to give you my favorite line <laughs> from this one, and that is, shit on my fuck. That's what I had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as everybody as it is all as everybody is dying around him, he just says, Did you hear how good I was? <laughs> <laughs> he does not he he's giving that big epic speech when he gives him the guitar on what not to do, and then he's like he's instantly fucking gone. Like what did you even listen? Yeah. It's just Little moments like he just hits those comedic notes just so perfectly. I love that these movies are essentially comedies, but he throws <laughs> horror elements into them. And, and, you know, it's so fucking like this one to me. I know so many of my friends who are very much metalheads yep. and um, seeing a parody of that is just so fucking funny so to me funny. because th- it's like the stereotypes that you make fun of them for and I had a lot. I have a lot of friends who came and saw this when it played at SNAF, and uh, the metalheads just adored it too. They were like, you know, it's like a love letter to them. Oh, it totally and, is. You know, and of course, it plays on that trope where it's, it's the polar opposite of. Um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank with uh, the movie with Ethan Embry that was last year. Um, Devil's Candy. The, yeah, Devil's Candy. It's like yeah. it, oh, it yeah. plays on the opposite trope of that, where it hits every stereotype of. You know the the metalhead that that is a loser and summons Satan and all that, but goddamn, it's so it's so perfect. Well, that's why I really like Devil's Candy because I I think I think um, Devil's Candy is like the opposite of everything else you see when it comes to heavy heavy metal and horror movies like Trick or Trick or Treat. That that goes into all the heavy metal stereotypes, Black Roses, you know, mm-hmm. and then like Devil's Candy. You know, what I think is so impactful of that movie is it caught me off guard because I was expecting all the tropes. And when it turned out that, like, the dad is actually the hero of the movie. Yeah, he's not a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is is a total opposite of of what you usually see in horror when it comes to heavy metal. So. So funny. Yeah. Nice, nice to see like a uh, the, the how the guitar has like very, you know, it has gremlin esque like rules. You know, <laughs> don't do the, yeah, don't 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 feed it after midnight. You know, don't you know, well, don't my... pretend it's your, your dick while you're playing it. <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite rule. Shaped like a pentagram, and oh, it's oh yeah, such a great prop. That's got to look good sitting on his mantle. Yeah, I would hope. Does does uh, does Chris have a website? Yeah, maybe we should does. plug it. I was just at it somewhere. Well, while you're looking at that, anything else anybody has to say about death metal? It's awesome. Yeah, we did. We could have easily talked um, about uh, some of his other stuff too, like we summon a demon, but that one's not ready readily available online. So when we picked movies for this. We really wanted, for this episode, we really wanted to make sure that people out there could see these films um, that we talked about. So, so, But Summon of the Demon, that one it goes even a little bit further into horror territory, but even with even funnier results. So, We'll have to uh, visit it on our next shorts episode, because we can do one of these like every six months to a year. You Absolutely. Know? You know, oh, we yeah. should get Chris on the show at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would be definitely be down. I. 
he's working on something new always and you know follow yeah. him on facebook i'm always like a little kid i get it so excited <laughs> seeing him working on something i'm yep. just a huge fan you know yeah us too absolutely yep i don't i don't see it just a straight website but he's on facebook twitter and vimeo if you just and those are all slash his name chris mckinroy m-c-i-n-r-o-y because <laughs> sorry big fan yes so sweet so and that, i guess and that's kind of one of the things one of the things i want to accomplish about doing an episode on short films is getting exposure for these filmmakers because the interesting thing for me that the day and age we live in where um anybody and everybody can like pick up a device and make a movie with it whether it's an actual decent you know consumer grade pro camera or your freaking iphone and um and so shorts have really saturated the world you know there's like so many film festivals there's like a different film festival around every corner um and so I feel like there's a lot more legitimacy to short films than there was maybe 20, 30 years ago. And the boom of YouTube mm. has to have helped yeah. with that. Yeah, and then the avenue of seeing these these films has increased as well. You know, like things like Vimeo and YouTube or the internet in general. But even things like Shutter, you know, Shutter puts some short films I know, uh, right? on there. Yeah, so. So it feels like that the the world of short films has has been a lot more legitimatized and um, can can be seen a lot more. So, but we want to make sure that us here at Attack of the Care Podcast are really supporting these filmmakers, as you know, some of us are filmmakers in our own right, um, and making short films. And, and even though there's more avenues for short films to be seen and taken seriously. It's also, in some regards, harder because, like I said before, everybody's making them. So it's like getting recognized amongst, uh, you know, thousands of thousands of films and filmmakers. So, so yeah, so that's a, kind of a, another goal of mine with this episode is to, is to give these films attention, give these filmmakers some attention. So, uh, so Tad, what, what would be another one we should talk about? I will go with one that I hadn't seen. And it's fairly new and fairly simple to the point. I liked Bath Bomb. Heck yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one best kill at Halloween Palooza this year. Yep. There's really not a whole lot to talk about story-wise, but um, <laughs> woman no. gets in a, a bath, draws a bath, puts the bath bomb in. It sort of goes full bad guy number two and disintegrates <laughs> her in the tub and then you know the tv sort of plays that there's a recall on him so it's everybody's sort of worst nightmare the worst um allergic reaction to a bath bomb ever as it as they use practical effects to melt a woman in a tub breaking bad style yeah it's it's it had a nice uh janet lee psycho gag with the pulling down of the shower curtain yep I like that, and it's got a nice jump scare at the end. I mean, it's just good, tight, simple storytelling mm-hmm. with a good jump scare at the end. I mean, it's 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 very good. It's I I, I liked it. Beautifully I lo- shot. Yeah. Beautifully shot. I love it. It's it's bloody as all hell, and and it's like the perfect length. It doesn't linger on stuff for too long to stretch out the film. Um, um, you know, it's, it's, it's only, it's, it's like less than five minutes. It's but, three minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. Um, so it gets to the point real quick. 
uh, and just you know, it just, again, just doesn't linger linger around on things and draw it out. So it's like the perfect length for the story that it was conveying. Um, and it was filmed in Iowa, actually. Uh, oh, cool! Yeah, the producer is from Des Moines. The director, um, Matt, where's I had it written? Matt down. McWilliams. Yeah, Matt McWilliams is, I believe, from Minnesota. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely one of the highlights for me from Halloween from our festival, Halloween Palooza this year. Anything you want to add, Jason? Yeah, uh, yeah, big fan. Uh, it was all about the cinematography for me. It just was gorgeous. It looked great, and yeah, it was tight as shit. And that always helps a short film, you know, uh, not being too long. So, yeah, I just loved it. I'm glad we got to watch it and we get to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, and you it's uh you can find it on Vimeo if you just uh, search Bath Bomb. It too was a Crypt TV selection, so that might help oh, nice. you find it too. But yeah, Bath Bomb 2018. Find it on Vimeo. Cool. Cool, uh, Andy. What what's what should be next? I guess there's really not a ton yeah. to say about bath bomb, but uh, so what should we talk about next? Well, um, I believe I I I believe I suggested this one, and it's and it's one of my favorites. Um, I'd like to talk about Night of the Slasher. Hell yes. yeah. Um, basically, it's um. It's about a girl who is home alone uh, momentarily, and she's you know she's dancing around in her underwear and blah blah blah, and she's you know going through, through the music, and uh, basically it turns out that she uh, there's a a ring at ring at the bell uh, doorbell, excuse me, and uh, basically. Uh, she's standing there in her underwear, and this, you know, kind of homely, you know, sort of, sort of dorky-looking guy, but and a nice guy nonetheless. He's at the door with this, with this beer, and she just drags him in, and she's not talking at all because uh, she has a very large uh, slash on her neck. And it turns out uh, she just starts chugging these beers, and the guy's like, not even like, <laughs> he's. He's not even taking like one sip of his beer, and he's just watching her put this shit away. But it turns out she has these uh, checklists uh, of horror movie tropes that you're supposed to you, that you're not supposed to break. And she's like, she's like breaking all of them. She's like has a checklist, which is kind of funny in and of itself. And uh, basically, what it turns out, she's trying to bring this uh, slasher into her home. She wants him there, uh, basically, for what you can be is, you know, for a showdown. So she's, you know, in turn, she's she's breaking every rule that you're not supposed to. She's smoking pot. She's sleeping with the guy who is, you know, who's a nice guy. <laughs> and unfortunately for him, he does not last long. But I think he, well, but let me put it this way. He came and went at the same time because I think he got stabbed. <laughs> And after she gets out from underneath him, I think the I think he gets stabbed like 140 times. It's such overkill <laughs> that it starts to get funny. 
And I love the sound of the stab. The sound in this is great because the sound of the you know the knife hitting just I just I just thought that was I thought that sounded awesome. Uh, but basically, she lured this slasher out to kill him, and she's trying to kill this slasher. And the beauty of this is that it's shot all in one take. Oh, it's yeah. no cut. It's unfreaking real. And I had I was fortunate enough to see this uh, with you know like bad guy number two, but I also got to talk to the director because he was there. His name is Shant Hammison. And uh, at the end of the uh, the 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 short block where we were, uh, he was there and he was gonna you know answer questions. And I swear to God, I was the only one that raised my hand. Oh. Guys, I, I mean, I, I mean, I realize some other people are different. They're, you know, they may be a little shy to talk in front of crowds, but I, this got me excited because oh, yeah. I love this short. And the beauty of this, my, my question was, this guy, he's basically, he's kind of like a, um, uh, like a Michael Myers esque <laughs> slasher kind of character. But I was just like. I had to say, I, I automatically recognized his mask right away. I was just oh, like, yeah. that's freaking, that's Dr. Spock, man. You got Leonard Nimoy on this guy, which made it, so I don't know funny. if it made it funny or if it made it, uh, or it made it, if it made it scary. I mean, I think it did both, Yep. which, which is, which is weird. I'm just, just like, okay, I, I raised my hand. I was just like, um, obviously, you know, it's, uh, it's slasher. It's a slasher, and it's it was. I asked him about the mask. I was like, first of all, that the mask looks like Leonard Nimoy. Is that a tip of the cap to the uh, William Shatner mask that was used in Halloween? He just goes, yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and uh, I ended up I ended up being friends with him, and I talked to him from time to time on social media. Um, uh, I will go on for too long, but it, I think it's a I think it's another great mix of horror and comedy as well like when he's chasing her around that kitchen island and he's doing like this little crouched little shuffle oh that he's got one like, yeah yeah i'm just like what the, what, what is he doing yeah. <laughs> uh this guy is like he's got every slasher trope too i mean they're following they're ma- almost making it's it's a great parody of yep. the tropes i mean yeah. i mean it's they're making fun of the tropes better than what Scream did back in '96. Exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, he's you're un, you're you're completely unable to kill this guy, and it, I think neither the slasher is uh, is basically uh, it's a great title because uh, basically '80s horror movie tropes they all. For the most part, they had a lot of. There was there was a lot of slashers, and that you know, how many movies had Night of yep. in them? You know, Night of the Demons, I was like, yeah, blah blah blah, all this and that. Uh, but the what I like most about this, I love the fact that her speech is impaired, and I, because I think it would take away from the fact that she wants the slasher there, because in slasher movies. Uh, it's always some slutty Bond screaming and running for her life. In terms of the story, 
it does everything to get the slasher there. So right, by so breaking, great way know, to tell breaking, the story, right? Show it, yeah, not say yeah. it, and yes, if she was able to scream and cry for help, it would contradict the reason that she broke the rules in the first place, in my opinion. Uh, anyway, I, I'm I'm getting a little long winded on this, but I'll give you uh, the line of the movie, which you know there there's there's barely any. But I think it goes to the nerdy guy that came there that's watching her just get freaking... She's putting away this, like, six-pack of beer, right? Man, she's down in these damn things. She said, And he says, I've got some friends in AA. <laughs> I need to talk to someone. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite line, too. <laughs> anyway, your, your opinion, guys. I, I, I think it's great. And I've met the director, and he's a swell guy, too. So, Well... Um, for me, uh, I, yeah, I loved the, I loved this, uh, from the first moment I saw it. it. This is awesome. I didn't even, I didn't even catch on the first time watching it that it was all just one take. Uh, cause I was, I was just so in love with everything that was going on. And, you know, you talk about Scream and how this is, how this is a great parody of slashers. Like, this is kind of like the, like a something new and different and a new evolution to the whole self-aware and self-parody of of the slasher genre that that Scream did um, through the fact that she is trying to get the slasher to show up. I'm assuming to get revenge. I, I could have sworn it said it the first time I saw it, but I didn't catch it this time where she was yeah. a victim of his and that. Um, like a year ago, and that's why she has the slit on her neck, and so yeah. she's wanting to get revenge, and she draws him out by with her list of rules to break in a horror movie, like the drinking, the drugs, the sex. Um, but there was more more to it than that. Like you mentioned, the Leonard Nimoy mask is obviously making making it a parody of of the Michael Myers look. Um, the over the top, the way over the top of. How in a slasher film the killer can be in one spot one minute and in another spot the next, and yeah. that whole fight scene that this killer is literally teleporting from one part of the kitchen to the other <laughs> during the fight scene, um, uh, you know. So and so there's there's some more there's some more subtleties in its references as well. Um, there's one line uh, that the uh, um, that the guy says when they're sitting on the couch about how people at school make fun of him because people think he looks like he's a 30-year-old. You know, and I'm like, that, oh my God, <laughs> that's like every 80s slasher film. <laughs> Teenagers played by 30-year-olds. So they, they, they yeah. pulled out all the stops on this. Um, and then when I realized, holy crap, this is all one take, I love this movie even more. Yeah. Because... You know, I mean, and I'm a sucker for, um, you know, for, a, you know, a really different and interesting visual style. Um, as long as it's in service of the film and not and not a hindrance to the film um, or to the narrative. And this one, um, its style obviously being all one take and its use of the camera. Just a lot of these, like, quick zips um, of camera movement to get to to get to the next shot and i would like to see a making of this movie and them maybe film the floor because there's got to be like shit ton of tape all over the floor on where the camera's got to hit the mark because it, it the camera and the actors hit the fucking mark and people it, off screen doing shit and helping and 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm convinced the killer, because he does these, this crazy teleportation stuff, there's more than oh, one yeah. actor playing the killer. Because he could be on one side of the cabinet, yeah. she goes to stab him, and he's gone, and the next thing you know, he's on the other side of the, the counter. And um, But just the fact that, you know, you know, if you know anything about filmmaking, the idea that this short film is all one take is is mind-boggling because you're talking about the lighting. You know, this this takes place in like three separate rooms throughout this short, and so all three rooms are lit beautifully and have a have a um, not only a cool kind of '80s slasher. Um, look to them, but also is consistent. Um, you know, you're not getting a ton of really bad shadows anywhere. You know, I was waiting the whole time for a camera shadow. Never saw that once. Um, again, I, I mentioned the framing, like the the camera and the actors hit the mark every time. Um, the fact that everything stayed in focus. Uh, that's the. Yeah, I mean, you got a you got a camera shot where it's it's a medium shot on the woman. Quick pan to her list, and her list is in perfect focus. How? How, how well, is that even possible? To, you have to know that them whip pans are cuts. I mean, it, I don't think. It's, well, there was there was a couple of them towards the beginning. I'm like, one take, I'm like, there's a couple black frame frames there. If there was a cut, that had to have been it. Yeah, I think there are cuts on a lot of them whip pans, but still, it it plays like one take, and it's still fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because it now, just it just adds to the whole energy of the of the of the piece. So yeah, I I have a question to pose to all of you guys, and it made me because I've seen this I've seen this short at like three or four different festivals, and I just saw it again, you know, for the show. Now with all this, you know, teleportation and him unable to be killed, and then. Uh, you know, the parents come in and they see that nothing's wrong because they've dragged away a body, you know, because he, he drugged that body out. I almost think that this slasher is a figment of her imagination. <laughs> uh, I, re- I really do. I really think that this is, this is all in her head. Well, you could probably, I could probably see that if, if, you know, you know. I would. I don't know if there would be a deeper meaning to a a fifteen minute short film that's a parody of slashers. But uh, uh, I mean, if there is, I could see that because where's the blood? Where's the blood of the guy on the couch? I mean, sure, it's, the killer dragged away the body, but you know, there's no time to clean up the blood by the ta- by the time the parents walk in. Well, yeah, and she also chopped his freaking head off. Yeah, yeah. and then he just reappeared again. <laughs> So I I'm fi- as far as you go, go ahead. Oh no no I, I was fish. Oh I was just gonna say as far as those things that's to me even taking those those tropes even further because you think about like the Friday the Thirteenth movies you know Jason will murder someone a, a someone in the house steps into the room and you think oh he's still in that room he's gonna you know he they're gonna get it they walk in and the body's nowhere to be seen, then they open a closet, and it's perfectly placed in the right spot to swing down and hit the character with, you know, and there's no, and, you know, Jason didn't stop and clean up the blood and that kind of stuff. I mean, to me, it just takes that horror trope and exaggerates it even more, where you can literally cut off someone's head. I mean, you literally cut off Michael Myers' head in H2O. They found a way to bring him back. You know, Jason died at the end of every movie. 
Um, to me, when I watched this, it just I, I felt like it was an ultimate love letter to Halloween, even with the once long shot because you know the cinephiles talk about you know oh, yeah. when when halloween came out people fucking love that opening shot that carpenter did and they talk about how they had you know that whole house that they they went through with the panaglide was you know full of li- they had they had one- enough lighting for one room so they had all their crew basically right behind that camera, picking up and moving the lights to the next room as the camera moved, you know, wow. they, they had to do that, you know, in, in 1978 with a film camera, you know, and to me, it's like when they did that in this movie, it's, it's maybe, maybe I was just overthinking it, but you know, to me, it, it almost seemed like a nod to that opening scene. They also, you know, obviously, be. obviously the, uh, the Spock mask, but, um, that was also a mask that they considered for Halloween because they uh, had... That's right. Yeah, they had Spock, Kirk, and they had that the clown mask that they picked up. And, you know, they did not end up actually purchasing the Spock mask, but it was an option when Tommy Lee Wallace went to the magic shop. There was, like, three different mask options they considered. He didn't, uh, didn't buy that one. He bought the other two and brought them back, and they obviously went with uh, the uh, Captain Kirk mask, but a lot of people, a lot of Halloween fans over the years have um, sort of fantasized about what if they would have went with like the the clown mask or what if they would have went with the Spock mask. I've seen people have actually taken like the coveralls and made, you know, used the clown mask that they would have had in 78 and sort of made these scenes, like recreated scenes of Halloween with that clown mask just to sort of see what it would have been like, you know, because history, you know, who knows? Obviously, you know, you think about what if they would have used one of those other two masks? Would we have watched a new Halloween movie this weekend? Probably not. You know, it's crazy to think about. But um, when I watched this, I saw it as an ultimate love letter. It, you know, when I, I think I sort of found this through other festivals. I think it played at, you know, it's played at like a million film festivals, and uh, obviously I saw it, reached out, and got it submitted to Snaf. Couple. When? What, how old is this? What year was it? Maybe it was uh, uh, 2014, 15, 2015. Okay, so yeah, it was a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, I, I just adore this one too. And I felt like I, I don't think it was in her head just because I think that so much of actual slashers are so unbelievable that maybe he sort of just took it and exaggerated mm-hmm. it even further and sort of poking fun at that, you know? Yeah. That's how I took it. What else, anything? I just know I was, yeah, I was super impressed with it from the second I saw it. Everything you guys said, just the quality, the the homage, the comedy, the idea, the one take, and there's no fat on it either. And you know, it's and if if there are cuts in it, which you know you're right, there has to you be. know because again, I I think I noticed this last time. I noticed some spots. I'm like, oh, that could be a cut there if, uh, you know, because there is a lot of can white uh, camera pans. Sure. But but still, still, it's still an impressive feat. Oh hell you know, yeah. The 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 way the sa- the camera um, hits hits its marks on on some of those things, and um, almost almost even more impressed if it isn't all one take because the editing then is like super solid as well. So mm-hmm. because it. 
it plays as one take. So, and uh, it has it was Oscar qualified. Holy shit! Really? Uh huh. Yeah. It's won. It's played at 185 festivals. It's won 50 awards. One being best short at ours. Not that, <laughs> you know, it's still cool. And it has its own website, so you all can go watch this amazing film at nightoftheslasher.com. It's a, it's a cool site. A lot of stuff to to check out there. That's impressive. I mean, yeah, it makes it makes sense to me, but it's impressive that it qualified for an Oscar. Wow. Again, in this day and age of thousands of short films are made every day. Um, and it, you know, wow. Now it's a horror film, so obviously it didn't even get a nomination from the Oscars, but that's a whole other show. That's just the quality that it is, though. Yeah. Yeah, amazing quality. All right, so, um, let's see here. Mike, what about you? (laughs) Um, I know. I don't want to go. Jason, why don't you pick another one? I would say... Um, well, not just because I'm wearing my Movie Crypt shirt right now, but um, we definitely picked some, a couple um, Aeriscope films to be on here. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, Happy Halloween. And... Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if everybody knows, but um, Adam Green started his own company when he moved to, to L.A. It's uh, 20 years now this year that he's been making movies. He's the guy who did Hatchet and Digging Up the Marrow and the new Victor Crowley and Frozen. and um, Big fan, and, and Mike and I, and maybe Ted, I, are just big fans of his podcast, The Movie Crypt. Uh, this TV show, Holliston, just... They always seem like uh, one of the guys, you know. We should be able to hang out and talk horror movies with for hours on end, right? I, I was able to. I had the. I was fortunate to do that one time when he was uh, eating a hamburger in the attached restaurant at uh, the Alamo with uh, Neil Marshall, and I asked politely Whoa. if I could join them and. They talked about Back to the Future and E.T. with them. And, <laughs> of course, yeah. Adam talked it's, about E.T., yeah. Yeah, he's a big, he's an E.T. guy. Yeah. He's he's a really swell guy. He's he's really nice, dude. Totally, yeah. T- we were Tad, Mike, and I were lucky enough to meet him last year at Panic Fest in Kansas City. He and Joe Lynch came down. They did a live podcast. They were showing their new movies and got to meet him and hang out a little bit. Super cool dude. And uh, so, yeah, every year, just because, not because he makes any money from it, he does it for free, he, at Aeroscope, they, they make a little Halloween short every year, and uh, those are all available to watch for free at com. I think they're on YouTube now, but um, Mike picked a couple, and the, the first one, um, he had his pick, it's called Happy Halloween basically just a Skype call between a guy and a girl. Not unlike what we're doing right now. Right. Very similar. Video Skype call. 
and uh, it turns out to not be exactly what you think it is. But I know I freaking love it. Did you guys threw a nice? I thought it threw a nice curve. I was I was wondering what this was, where it was going to go, and uh, yeah, I was not not expecting that. And of course, Arwen's in it. He's he's obsessed with that dog. He loves that dog. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You think you you, you can kind of tell that she's probably dead, but yeah, yeah. There's don't. no there's there's always a darkness behind her. She there's yeah. you know in her in her call. So I cold. probably should have picked up. Should have picked up on that sooner, but that's also super cool that it's it stars Sean Ashmore. Uh, he was Iceman. Iceman. Uh, he was in the following and Frozen, and he's a great actor. And then his co-star is uh, Bree Grant, who was in Heroes and Dexter, and she's great. And she does a lot of hey. indie horror stuff. And um, yeah, this is solid freaking little short. Yeah. What'd you think of it, Tad? I'll be honest. Like I've only seen one of these Aeroscope shorts. It was the one where uh, Michael Myers drives the car. Yep, learns to drive. <laughs> That's the only one I've ever so seen. Funny, I'm, yeah. I'm a I'm a huge fan of these. You know, Adam Green and Joe Lynch. I've seen everything else they've sort of done, and I know they do a Halloween short every year. But I was glad I had sort of a push to actually take the time and watch them because. I don't tend to watch shorts that don't get submitted to the festival just because it's sort of daunting. I'm sure you guys are the same way. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like work, but yeah, you know, you try and, yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, I was, I was. It was pretty much exactly what I was expecting. Um, their shorts are always, uh, or their their films in general are always well done. They sort of cater to our audience, obviously, but they, I feel like they have sort of a uh, love it or hate it type thing. I know some horror fans don't enjoy the hatchet films, that kind of stuff, but uh, obviously we're fans. Most of us, at least mm-hmm. I think all of us on this podcast are fans. So I enjoyed it. It was cool. I like that they, that Adam goes out of his way to do a new one every year. I think that's a cool tradition that he's keeping up. Um, I definitely enjoyed this one. I did, I didn't know where it was going. I tried not to read about it ahead of time. So I would be surprised. So, yeah, I thought it was. It's a fun little short. I'm always curious how you know. I, from what I've read in the past, I follow them all on social media and stuff. Uh, Adam sort of talks about. It seems like they just sort of plug these things in super quick and get them done quick and cheap, and you know, get them edited in like a week. So it's interesting to see what they come up with every year. Yeah, he's definitely. Going on and on about this year's. It should be out soon. Hopefully, by the time this is out, it should be out too. The 20, 20th episode of his Halloween shorts. Well, yeah, I guess I don't know what else to say. It's just a short, sweet, serious piece. Um, Mike had us watch another one um, from Adam Green called Turn Off Your Bloody Phone. Guys, it's so this, funny. Yeah, th- this yeah. this one's a little bit on the other end of it, where it's not as serious. Uh, I thought it was pretty clever use of editing on some already shot footage. Right. So the, yeah, yeah. It says it's a video they made for the 2014 Film for Fright Fest Film Festival in London. 
parroting the classic scene from Friday Thirteenth Part Two. And it's him and Joe Lynch. I was actually kind of disappointed in this, but it's only for something that they didn't do. <laughs> I wish they would have had like Amy Steele's piss when she wets her pants underneath there to like oh. float by them. <laughs> I was waiting for it, man. I was just like, that could have paid off so well. Oh, man. But that's, that's my only gripe about this. I actually really liked it. I was just like, where's Amy Steele's pee? She's supposed to wet her pants when she's laying underneath there. <laughs> I know when uh, Adam motions to Amy Steele the first time, and oh, man, I laughed out loud. But I think the funniest part for me is when Jason Voorhees looks back in reference to some bullshit thing they're doing, and oh, it was so fucking funny. Talking to his mom about sex lube or something like that. Oh yeah, so funny. Yeah, I feel like this one. Um, it it harkens back to those. Um, what was it? Al TV, like the weird Al TV show he had oh, on yeah. TV, where he would cut up uh, celebrity interviews. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very much that way, but yeah. done in a horror movie, it's genius, you know, and for, when I first started watching it, I was like, you know, like, thinking about it, you know, it's like a third of this movie isn't even theirs, right. and I'm surprised they could sort of get away with it, but I guess if they're not selling it, and they've, I don't know, I don't know the legality of it all, but um, overall, you know, this they're doing, they're, they're fans too, so they're just sort of having fun and doing things. We've always... You know, when I was growing up with my friends who like to watch horror movies with me, we always sort of made the joke, like, we should make a film about, like, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, these characters, like, going grocery shopping or doing their everyday tasks that uh -huh. are on Halloween or Friday the 13th, you know? And then it's like, when I grow up, I see guys like Adam Green who have a little bit of money to do exactly that, and they're doing exactly what we always talked about doing, you yeah. know? So cool. Well, yeah, both of these uh, were done in 2014. And like I said, you can find them at aeriescope.com. That's A-R-I-E-S-C-O-P-E.com. What else should we talk about? What other ones? Well, I will talk about one that I suggested. Oh, yeah. It won our best horror uh, short two years ago at SNAF. It's called When Susserus Stirs. Oh, man. Directed by Anthony Cousins. This one, um, in the same vein of the bad guy number two and Bath Bomb, and it's, it's funny because I hadn't seen Bath Bomb. I wasn't intending for us to sort of have this gross-out theme. But <laughs> this one, um, when I got when i first saw it i'm like i of course i loved it it's right up my alley but it was one of those it's one of those shorts that when you get it you're you're curious and you're sort of um cautious to see to think you know i you, you think about an audience watching it and think about the sponsors who have given you money to put their, <laughs> to put their, to put their logo in yep. <laughs> your booklet and there's like a creature ripping out of a dick in this one and <laughs> but but you know they i think our sponsors and i i sort of am up front that you know we aren't going to ever ever censor our festival 
because it makes because certain films make people uncomfortable, you know. So <laughs> this film certainly can make people uncomfortable. But it's basically, um, I'll sort of read what IMDb sort of they have it listed as because it says a man finds purpose in his meaningless life when he becomes host to an ancient creature named Susurus, which. It's based on the short story When Susser Stirs by Jeremy Robert Johnson from the book Entropy and Bloom. So, yeah, this guy, he's going, you know, he sort of tells the story. He's he's sort of down and out, um, and he has, he's getting sick, and he's noticing these things are changing in his body, and he goes to the doctor, and they say, this creature's in his body, or this, this thing, it's sort of like, I don't know if like a, they sort of, he, the way he describes it, almost like, at the first, you think it's almost like a tapeworm or something because it's, it's escaped his stomach lining and it's wrapping around his spine and going to his brain, and he doesn't want to do anything about it because he's sort of, you know, it becomes part of him. And it's very much like a Cronenberg type thing where it's a body horror. <laughs> I was um, going to say, this guy's got his, he took his inspiration from Cronenberg. That's one of the first things I wrote. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's just. The, the finale of the film when the creature finally makes its appearance out of the body is perfect, you know, in that uh, practical effects, love it, so gross, gross out. And, you know, I didn't even intend for it to sort of fit with our, with this episode. I guess we, I guess that sort of um, tells exactly why we're all together on this podcast because we all like some really sick shit you know that we all we all suggest different things and they all sort of fit together so perfectly and they're all majority of them are pretty gross and, and the fact that adam green's shorts are the two that aren't that are probably the least gross of the the bunch says a lot yeah but this one won best short a few years ago or best uh, horror short that's and, cool and i believe i'm trying to remember now I'm sort of drawing a blank. We had somebody representing the film there. Um, I think it was Grace Merchant. She worked on the film. And what's funny is it won. And, you know, we didn't get Anthony Cousins, the director, was not there to accept the award. And we didn't have anybody there for the Q&A. And after the film festival, at like the after the final after party... I was talking to her and she was like, oh yeah, I worked on that film. Yeah, Grace Merchant was assistant camera operator on this. And Grace told me, yeah, I worked on When Sessor Stirs. I'm like, that one fucking best horror, like one of my favorites of the year. Why did he not get up there? She's like, uh, I was sort of, you know, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, don't don't even say you were embarrassed or anything because I'm, I'm, I was like mad at her that she did not like <laughs> let me, she, she, she purposely kept quiet about it until the final after party so that she was not held accountable. And I'm like, come on, like you should be so proud. You should have been up there holding the trophy and giving the acceptance speech. Like if you had anything to do with this, this is such a, such a, so well done. You know, it does use some CGI and stuff, but the practical effects of the body, so gross, so gnarly. Yeah. What'd you guys think? Is this the first time you've seen it? I I remember seeing, uh, I remember seeing that there, and uh, yeah, I was I was pretty shocked. Um, I was I was not expecting that. I mean, when he 
when he pulls out that uh, utility knife, I seriously thought he was going to hack his dick off, like, right there, you know, because they cut away. But it turns out he was, like, you know, cutting his stomach. Um, but the one thing that I really, really liked, and since it has its roots, you know, because the thing is wrapped around his spine and it looks very similar to the original Tingler. Uh, I love the fact that he's watching Hell the Tingler. Yeah. With Vincent yeah. Price, because uh, I was just it's like, I thought that was, you know, you know, tipping your cap to William Castle, you know, um, realizing your roots and all this and that. And I, I, re- I really like that. And but yeah, it's it's very, you know, body horror, you know, Cronenberg, like you said. And uh, I don't think that that uh, Grace, you said her name was right. Yeah. Grace Merchant. Uh yeah, I don't think uh, she should be, you know, all art is subjective. And, it, you know, some stuff isn't for everybody. But uh, if you do a good job at, you know, what your theme is, I think you should be very proud of that. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Tad. I mean, she should have got up there and, and taken it uh, because it's done really well. I mean, he looked absolutely hideous after four months. I just like he looked like a. He looked like, you know, uh, he looked like Deadpool had sat on a couch for about a year. So, <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought it was, I thought it was really good. I was just like, "Whoa." I mean, it's like I I think this was like the same uh, festival that I saw uh Innsmouth when uh, Tristan Risk, you know, let you know, let an eyeball come out of her snatch. That was that was interesting. Yeah, that uh, that year was like so brutal. We had we had like three mutilated dicks and a eyeball come out of the <laughs> vagina. I was like, Jesus Christ! This, what have I become? What has this festival become? You know, I was like, did I did I ha- put out like a some kind of like dick signal or something? Like, send them here. You know, we want them. <sighs> yeah, Tad's got the dick signal in the air. Send them yep. to Snake Alley. Yeah. I think we wondered that last year. We're like, mm. last year we're like, Tad's movies are getting fucking riskier and riskier. Yeah, I think you accept the one, and everybody's like, "Oh, that guy has no morals." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the it's the Snake Alley film festival. Yeah, it not is. The, yeah, not not the Snuff Alley film exactly. <laughs> but man, I loved all the fucking uh, I guess animation, but the inside stuff all the yeah. effects the yeah. stuff yeah. the innards they built and how they pulled it off it's fucking cool yeah this one um like i said similar in the in the style of that you know super gory but tone wise on the opposite end of death metal and bad guy number two because there's nothing <laughs> funny about this one no no it's it's dark and heavy disturbing and but I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. And yeah, I I picked up on reference to Tingler like long even before the movie theater. And when they, when he's first talking about the spine and stuff, oh yeah, that's where I was like, oh that reminds me of the Tingler. And then when he goes to the theater and then it, the Tingler's showing, like oh shit, I was right. There's uh, this so this is obviously connected to the Tingler, or influenced by or something. So. Yeah, I figured you'd like all the effects and stuff. The effects were great. I thought they did a really good job with the effects, except for right before 
Um, he went to the movie theater. There were some close-up shots of the of the bloated face, mm-hmm. and I could totally see the seam of the of the uh, of the appliance around the lips and right underneath the eyes, especially when there was like blood on his face, and you know when there was like fluid on his face that, that you know it would like uh, just kind of seep in right at those seams, and it just made him stick out like a sore thumb for me. So, but I mean whatever that's nitpicking i you know otherwise and and i'll take i'll take i'll take a few seams as long as it's like over the top creative crazy oh. effects and this movie is definitely chock full of that it's the you know the scene with the penis there in the theater and i just remember you watching it going yeah that's a penis <laughs> <laughs> i did say that didn't i um there was this comic in the uh, in the late '80s, early '90s from DC called Wasteland, which was kind of a horror anthology comic. Um, some of the some of the stories, you know, horror is kind of um, it's a very loose term. But there was one in there that uh, you know about this guy who fell in love with this woman and like come to find out she was like this alien in giant insect. Um, grasshopper woman or something like that that impregnated him and he would just get all like bloated and gross and shrivelly and disgusting until like the eggs hatched and whatnot and this short totally reminded me of of that of that short story so um yeah I just love I that also stuff. I also think, you know, with with the lesions that he had on his face, and you know, of course, he had something growing inside of him, as well. This, and I know I'm going back to Cronenberg again, but it also kind of, it has shades of the Brood in it as well. Well, the whole thing is extremely Cronenberg, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I agree totally. Um, yeah, a lot of Brood influences in there for sure. Um. And that's great because there aren't a lot. I don't. I mean, I don't think there's a lot of Cronenberg influenced stuff going on out there. He kind of stand, He kind of stands alone. Yeah, uh, nowadays especially, I guess you're right. Um, yeah, and and I dig I dig good body horror stuff. You know, to me that's that's some of the most terrifying stuff, and it's a chance to get like super gross. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember being um, pretty proud of my judges because I, I have a very strange, wide variety of judges that can take it or leave it, and I was really unsure of how they would take this. Sometimes, like I said, with Death Metal, when I showed my sister that one, obviously my sister didn't watch this one, but <laughs> um, my my horror judges sort of vary from people who love um old black and white horror movies to people like us who love the gory stuff so i was very i'm always super curious to see what they pick and when they pick this i'm like all right you're all fucked up too (laughs) (laughs) cool well we got a few left here um yeah who wants to go next you do. You oh, do, fine. silly. Um, I, I can go. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess I want to talk about Pictured next. 
2014. I picked this one because it was directed by uh, David S. Uh, or David F. Sandberg, who um, did the Lights Out short film that became like an internet sensation back in the day. So much so that it led to a feature film being made. Which he, which David Sandberg also directed, so I kind of feel like the dream like, happened. What's that? Right, the dream happened. Yeah, you made the calling card and you got the job. He, yeah, he is now become thanks to his short films. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming especially Lights Out, uh, since that one was everywhere. Um, he is now a legitimate Hollywood director. I mean, he he's directing the or he directed the Shazam movie that's coming out next year. So he's even he's even working in the big comic book comic book movie world now too. So did he yeah. do the one with uh, Sinbad? Stop it! That was wait. Which universe are you living in? <laughs> Here that's we go. Kazam, not Shazam. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, but that's... Kazam. Kazam was with uh, Shaq and yeah, Shazam. Shaz- and Shazam had. Uh, Sinbad in it, but anyways. That depends on what parallel universe you live in, you know. <laughs> Is it Berenstein or Berenstein? We'll never know. Nope. Jason's just shaking his head. I'm like, I don't, I don't think he knows all about that uh, weirdo parallel universe theory. That's real. Anyway, um, what was I saying? So pictured was it? <laughs> was in 2014. I think this one was direct directly followed Lights Out. And I didn't put Lights Out on the list cuz I just I thought that was too popular, but I thought it would be nice to um revisit this director. So, um especially a director now that has gone on to bigger and better things. So, um but it's it's a, it's a pretty cool short. It does remind me a lot of Lights Out. Um basically there's this cre- uh, creepy picture on the wall that kind of like is freaking this woman out. Um you know why she has that in her house in the first place i guess is would be my question but uh um and she's hearing weird noises and every time she goes past the picture like the person the creepy lady in the picture is in a different spot in the picture or in a different position and even at one point just gone not even there and yeah you know, she hears some stomping around in the house uh-huh starting to put it together yeah and so, and it's got a, it's got a good gut, you know. Again, it reminded me a lot of Lights Out because you know, in Lights Out, gag, yeah. she's playing with the the light switch because every time the light goes goes Ugh. off, you know, the creature's gone. Or wait, wait how how did it work? I don't remember. But anyway, and so she's like turning the light switch off and on. And it's the same thing here. She's covering her eyes with her hands. Oh fuck, man! And moving when she moves when she moves her hands, the the creature in the picture is in a, diff- a different place, and she keeps doing that until it's gone. And then well, boom, it starts getting anything. closer and starts yeah. looking at her. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! And then every time she puts her fucking hand in front of her eyes, I start to shit my pants more. It's like I would have stopped after the first time yes, I put my hands in my just eyes. Bed. I would have yeah. thrown that fucking picture oh, out the window. Fuck. That shit was scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, how the people say, well, why did she drop the knife? You know, it's like, well, why do you keep putting your hands in front of your in front of your face? You know, <laughs> I, I would drop, I would, I would, you know, first of all, I'd take the picture. I mean, maybe if you don't want to turn around, I'd, you know, hang it the other way, you know, so yeah. I don't have to look at it. In the yeah. trash can. 
Yeah, or yeah. It's been out the door. You know, and just kind of talk about that whole thing, you know, I was talking about with Halloween earlier, a quick story, quick side note, is like, I don't question dumb motivation of characters in horror movies anymore. Um, When I realized that that you will actually do those things if you're in those moments. Why? What'd you do, Mike? So there was a time I lived in this apartment, (laughs) and it was an upstairs apartment, and I was living with this girl at, at the time, and... Uh, she came home late, and she's out the window yelling up at me in the, into the apartment. I'm like, what are you doing? It's the middle of the night. Why are you... Uh, come on up. Why are you yelling? And I wasn't hearing what she was saying, so I stomped off to, to run downstairs and you know, tell her to knock her shit off. And as soon as I opened <laughs> the doorway to, to the stairs to go down, there's a big freaking bat in the hallway. And I was like, all right, well, now I know why she's not coming up. So uh, I... I gotta get rid of this bat, right? So I find uh, I can't remember if it was a tennis racket or a bat or something. Uh, no, it was a it was a broom, I, and uh, <laughs> and I'm terrified of bats. That's one of my biggest fears. Um, yet my favorite superhero is Batman. Irony. So I like wrap towels around my head and put on like three <laughs> layers of clothing. I put on gloves. I make sure there's no exposed skin anywhere on my body. I tuck my pant legs into my socks, and I'm I'm like, I'm ready to go. And I got the broom, I open the door, I don't see it at first, and it comes flying around the corner, and I swing and I knock it down, it goes flying down on the ground, and it and it's not moving. And you did it! I So I'm like, I did it, I, I, I killed this bat. And I'm like, well, am I sure? So... Start leaning in towards maybe the bat check it to, out. Make, to see if the bat's truly dead, and I get maybe like you know three or four feet away from this bat when it flops around and flies right into my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized, you're like, oh, people fuck, in just... horror movies don't necessarily do that stupid of things. It's more natural than we than we think. So. Oh, you had That's to awesome. just shit. So I would probably what was the drop noise the knife you made too. when that bat hit you in oh, the face. Fuck, man. <laughs> oh, I was. But I get really stupid when it comes to dealing with bats. I remember one time we had a bat in the basement of this house, and there was nothing around. It was it was just laying on the ground, not moving. And I'm like, I gotta I gotta get rid of this bat, but I'm not touching it. Fuck that. So I want to capture it. And I think, how am I going to capture it? Oh, I'll put a laundry basket on top of it. Uh, laundry basket with, like, all those holes, holes on the sides that are oh bigger than the bat. Like, that's going to stop this bat from getting out, is this laundry basket. would work. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, my, logic. I have, I have hard, horror movie dumb logic, <laughs> final girl logic, when I'm uh, dealing with bats. <clears throat> anyway, so pictured. <laughs> the fucking eye gag is so good, though. Oh yeah, yeah, the white eyes. Yeah, it it took like that Angus Scrim, um, phantasm bit where he's on the carriage, and they they made a story, a whole story out of it. I thought it was I thought it was really well mm-hmm. done, really well. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I still think Lights Out was better, but it's still solid. What do you think, Tad? Um. I thought it was pretty good. I I was not familiar with like I, I've never seen the lights out short. Never seen the lights out feature. Oh, um, me neither. 
Oh. Not familiar with this director or any of his previous work, so this is new to me. Um, it out of all the shorts we watched, probably my least favorite, but it still obviously was effective. It's a cool um, idea, you know. We all sort of, like you said, we all sort of go through things where we think we wouldn't do exactly what they do, but we we all look at a car crash. We drive past one, and we all have to look to see, you know, what it, what's going on. It's a similar thing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard. You, I can see myself doing that exact same thing, but I'm also not. <laughs> a big supernatural person so i supernatural stuff doesn't i don't know i'm just not a huge fan of it in horror myself but it's it's well done and definitely creepy for sure for sure anything else you want to oh same thing just freaking out on that covering up your eyes stuff jeez so (laughs) effective i was Shit in the way. See, you know, I, yeah, I, I, if you guys hadn't seen the lights out short, I would oh, definitely it's recommend. So good. Yeah. I think it's way better than pictured, and yeah. I think to me, it's one of the scariest shorts I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's it looks like it's filmed the same day, same actress. <laughs> Was it know? the same actress? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And like, it's yeah, been I a while wa- since I've seen that. I short. watched them back to back after oh. I watched pictured and I watched lights out. Um, yeah, it's it's super good, super creepy. Yeah, that Definitely. ghost the ghost thing with the grin. That thing. <laughs> Fuck that thing. Fuck that thing. But yeah, you can watch those on YouTube. Yeah, just search pictured or lights out short and it'll help you get to where you need to find it. Both good though. Now I haven't seen the lights out feature film either and I kinda didn't want to because I'm just like you're gonna take this short and make a feature out of it? No. No. And then I heard it wasn't any good anyway, so, you know, it just sounds like they forced a script, uh, a feature script out of the short film, and it obviously didn't work, so. As most don't, if we would have continued with the bonus episode question we were going to, (laughs) I was going to go on my giant tirade about... Knew you would. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of turning shorts into features. Well, I think my answer would have been acceptable. What? Oh, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I was gonna search it when I got home, but since we switched, switched topics, uh, what was that? The the naked lady zombie killer? Oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, what? I like that short, but you know, it'd have been like Life Force. You know, lead actress is naked through the whole movie. Anyway, all right, fine. Um, we haven't talked about an animated one yet. Oh, there's an animated one? Yeah. What's it called? There's cartoons that are scary out there in the world. <laughs> this one's, this uh-huh. one we're going to talk about is called Alma. Okay. Yep. And? Lo- I'm trying to remember it. Oh, okay. Well, Alma's about this little girl. She's, uh, you know, skipping down, skipping through the streets of this small little town she lives in. And this doll in this window of this antique toy oh, store yeah, yeah. catches her attention. I'm assuming because it looks identical to her. Um, so, captivated by this doll she sees in the window, she enters this like a totally abandoned toy store, and uh, you know things aren't quite what they seem. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, 
it really has a feel of like a Pixar short. Uh huh. Which is which, so when it gets which, dark, it's like whoa. Oh shit! <laughs> Pixar would never go this yeah. way. <laughs> but it has a it has a it has a great way of like still being. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. When I say it gets dark, it's not like disturbingly like evil or gross or gory or you know perversion or anything like that there's still like kind of a cartoonish innocence about the whole the whole thing definitely cartoony very sweet but the concept is literally frightening oh yeah yeah it's it's got a it's got a deep sadness to it i think yeah and that that boy on the tricycle when he makes a beeline for that door oh, and he yeah. can't get it. Mm. Oh, you almost you almost want to cry. Yep. Um, it has such a happy-go-lucky music yep. to it. Yep. Yeah. That that just makes it even. It makes the sad part of it more effective to me. Uh, it's. I mean, and for some odd reason, and and it and it works in no dialogue. Uh, and for some odd reason, it almost made me think of uh, uh, Peter Rabbit. You know, you know the story of Peter Rabbit, right? Mm, yeah. Because it's like it's like the store is like Mr. McGregor's garden, and it's like it may have the best, you know, veggies, and you're curious and everything. It's just like, but you run the risk of getting your ass turned into a pie. You know, <laughs> do you really go in there? You know, because you know yeah. you want something and you're curious and just uh, you just you need to stay put. <sighs> And it's out of, I think, out of all of them, this is the one that probably bothered me the most. Mm. Interesting. It it bothered, it bothered me. It really did. Cool. Uh, But I I really liked it, but it's the one, it's the one that probably bothered me the most. I wonder if it's just because it's so sweet through most of it. Yeah. A sweet thing. Yeah. Really involved in this little kid's quest to get this toy and oof. Just a, just a raw, yeah, the, the, you know, the robbing her of her innocence, you know, it's just, I, yeah, that, that's, that, I think that's probably what bothered me the most. And again, for those out there who haven't seen the short film, it's really cool to hear Andy say that it bothered him the most because it doesn't, again, it doesn't, it's not, it's not bloody. It's the, not, you don't see the child dismembered or anything like that. It's hard to call it a horror short, except yeah. for it's. It's horrifying. It's also, <laughs> yeah. It happens to be horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like the scariest G-rated thing I've ever uh, seen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, because exactly. that's, that's what it boils down to. Absolutely. <clears throat> Which means it doesn't always have to be blood-filled. That's right. So PG-13 horror movies can be okay. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's not go too far, right? Let's, uh, let's not get carried away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what do you think, Tad? I hadn't heard you. I I enjoy a good uh, animated sort of creepy film. This one, uh, very Twilight Zone esque story. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison. Absolutely. I would I would say it's more in that vein. Which I you know it's good to get some variety on this one. There's no uh, you know could have used a little more dick ripping or some uh, sure sure <laughs> face melting, but overall. No, it, it was yeah. I love you know, I love animated shorts. Um, that's probably right behind horror shorts. One of my favorite favorites to get submissions for and watch. So, 
seeing this one that I hadn't seen yet was really cool. I at first when I started watching it, I was like, "Is there two shorts with the same name? Am I watching the right one?" <laughs> so, oh, but, yeah. But, either, yeah. but either way, I was going to watch it all the way through. You know, when I started watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is either way. If this is the wrong one, I still want to watch it because it's beautiful." And then it it's, tricks you because right, it's it is a it's like a kid's. It feels like a kid's short, like a very sweet, innocent short until the very end when shit turns and it's still not necessarily it's not mean-spirited it's just sort of a bummer you know mm-hmm. it's a bummer ending yeah um my theory on on this is that it's not like a ghost thing or anything i mean it's i guess technically supernatural but it's not like magic supernatural i believe that the store is a living being huh and case in point, mm. if you go back and look at the store, you can even tell from from the inside of the store. Oh yeah! But that that bay window—that's a mouth. It's a face. Yeah, teeth. it's a face with monster fangs. If you go back and watch watch the uh, watch the short from um, you know from the outside of the store, you know, I mean, once you realize what's going on, that that window's a face, and I, I'm. I go kind of, I guess, darker with it in the fact that it's luring these children in to eat. So it's like, I don't know, somehow turning them into dolls is is feeds it or whatever. So, yeah. And that name of, wall of names on the opposite side. That's neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a well, well made. And the animation's awesome. Really good animation. Um... Yeah. Some, oh, I know I've seen this before too, but I cannot yep. figure out where. We've had to have seen it at a film festival before, or I've at least seen it at a film festival before. Do you think you've seen this before, Jason? I do. I okay. think I've seen it. I feel like I saw um, pictured too, but I couldn't. I couldn't remember it. I I I know I haven't seen pictured, but I know I had seen. As soon as I started watching it, I'm like, yeah, I've seen. Or this. no, wait, I I, I, I remember I, what was going to happen. I thought I saw um, the other pictured, the other one. Lights out. Lights out. I thought I swore I, once I watched Lights Out again today. Short. I mean, I have seen the feature, but I, I feel like I saw that short before somewhere. Wait, you never seen the short till now? I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Oh man, there was because, a time that thing was all over Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where. Yeah. I went through all our submissions just to see if it was in there. I'm like, I know I've seen this fucking thing somewhere. I just remember at the height of that of Lights Out, yeah, it must it have been was, online. Somewhere. Like I remember, there was one day about every ten posts that that yeah. was on my Facebook wall. So I'm sure I've seen it before. Cool, yeah. Cool. So that's A L M A, and that can be found on Vimeo, Vimeo and YouTube, right? Vimeo, not YouTube. Oh, not YouTube. Oh, that's right. The YouTube one got Link taken broke, down. But yeah, so it's on Vimeo, and it's under A L M A Alma Short Film. Mm. Key Tune Animation Studio is the ID of that, and I believe it's a an actually a Spanish film too. Because huh. I was reading the trivia on IMDb, and um, Alma actually is a Spanish word for something I already forgot. It's a good story. Good story, um, Mike. Yeah. All right. So one more? what? One more. One more. Um, who wants to? Uh, oh. 
Let's talk about start off start us off with this last one. Well, it's just appropriate. I thought. I mean, I wanted to add it as soon as it came out, and I waited so long. I hope you guys did get to go watch it. But uh, again, it was made by a couple friends of ours who was in Terrifier, and uh, they did this little. And it's not necessarily a short, but it's just come out and it's getting great buzz. And I just wanted to talk about it, but. Halloween 60. It's, it's a it's more of a fake trailer, parody trailer. Hmm. Yeah, it's a straight up parody trailer of the new Halloween movie. The holy shit. Uh, oh my god, it's so funny. But what what I what's great about it is, is there like there's shots in this trailer. I, I swore was that they that they lifted. used footage from the new Halloween movie and then I think sh- they recreated it, right? Yeah, they I, totally did. Like yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, I still haven't seen the new Halloween movie, which we've brought up several times. Um, oh, you weren't there? No. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> but in the fake trailer um, for Halloween 60, they show like them going into the courtyard of the insane asylum or whatever. And that those were moments where I'm like, they, they literally took those shots out of the trailer and then shot their new stuff around it. Yeah. But no, no, they, they did the whole thing themselves. And the mask was like a great replica mask of the mask that's used in the new Halloween movie, with the exception of the <laughs> fact that... Eating hairline. <laughs> yes. oh my God. He puts on that mask for the first time in the trailer. I laughed my ass off when I saw well, that hairline. What's the concept of the trailer, I oh. guess? maybe. So, Halloween 60 um, is a fake trailer of what it would really be like with these characters in their 60s, with Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis in their 60s. Um, you know, so you got Michael Myers walking around with a walker at one point. Um, yeah, it's... So, yeah, just playing into the all the uh, tropes of being old. So, really funny, really funny stuff. And there's a few blue pills that I saw oh, for gosh. Michael everything right Gosh. yeah and uh, i think if he takes that many at once i think he ha- runs the risk of going blind because those are some of the side effects you've heard <laughs> that i've heard <laughs> so you've read about it. right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got, i don't need it yet but you know you got the scene where the girl's in the bathroom stall you know and in the in the halloween movie you know michael myers drops the teeth or whatever but in this he, tr- oh, he drops dentures, dentures. So good. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Evil never really dies, you know. It just lies dormant, you know. Or it just or <laughs> waits until like October thirty first, I guess. Oh man, they pick on so many parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Tad, what'd you think of this one? Yeah, Ted. I find it highly offensive. I knew <laughs> it. <laughs> of course, I it's it's hilarious. Uh, I thought it was done lovingly and with care. And, oh yeah. Um, so many of these parody videos ride that line where, or or just don't even come close to that line where they're just downright fucking awful because people shoot them on their phones and they just think they're so funny. There's there's several that are not funny out there. So I'm glad that, you know, someone took the time and care to make a good one. I mean, even James Corden made a parody. Did you see that? Uh-uh. No. 
from uh you know late night host james corden yeah he did one it was like a mashup of making a murder and michael myers where they like do a documentary style uh making a murder episode but they they visit michael in prison and he's claiming that he didn't kill all these people and stuff uh not funny it's just so stupid so it's like even you know with a network tv budget and everything this this little short did so much better so hats off to them for uh making it's so tough to make a parody work and be actually funny because like i said there's just so many awful ones that are just cringeworthy and this is not one so Two, good job. Two of my big rules when it comes to good parody is one staying true to the source material, having knowledge of the source material, and this is obvious. This is obviously um, made by people who are horror fans, yep. and you know, probably more than likely big Halloween fans as well. So, but what makes this makes parodies really funny is also having the production value into it and trying to literally recreate um, recreate what you are satirizing or what you're doing a parody of. That's why that's why Weird Al is so successful at it. There's been artists through the decades that have done done music parodies, but Weird Al has lasted like, you know, well over like 40 years. He's he's lasted more he's had a longer career than some of the artists he's parodied. Because he meticulously recreates those songs down to even his humorous lyrics um, sound similar to the lyrics of the original song. Um, you know, down, you know, like, so, and, you know, that's why Mel Brooks was always really popular. You look at Young Frankenstein and how he painstakingly recreated the look and the feet, you know, more than just, hey, we'll just shoot it in black and white. But, like, the sets and, and the way they lit it and all that stuff, you know, there's, you know, growing up, I actually thought Young Frankenstein was part of the Universal Frankenstein monster seri- film series huh. because it, it, has, it totally has that look and feel of the Universal um, Frankenstein movies and into so to me that is what makes a good parody you should start a weird out yeah. podcast I it should. has to be damn near it has to be damn near the same thing but you know it, it exaggerated to the highest degree yeah that's basically what the joke that's what the, that's what a joke is it is it's an exaggeration exactly and so this is halloween 60 trailer when I'm watching it and and I'm picking out moments where I'm like, well, they just stole footage from the trailer, um, so that's telling me that like they did a really good job of really paying attention and recreating those moments from the trailer, so that when the joke happens, it's that more, it's just that much more effective. I think that's what helps uh, turn off your bloody phone work so well is because they matched Friday too, so yeah, so good and that that's. That's why that one, and I missed out on that conversation, but that's why that one's probably my favorite of the Adam Green short films. That's why I put it on the list, because that one's... I still haven't seen all of Adam Green's short films, but that one's probably my favorite, just because they... It really felt like they put forth a lot of effort to make it match the the Friday the 13th Part 2 footage. (laughs) Well, when you act like you give a shit, so is your audience, you know? That's what's, you know... Good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, if you want to do a parody, a parody of something out there, if you're not gonna, 
give it a hundred percent and you know and put some real production value behind it to make it match your original source material don't even bother because it's not going to work sorry it's not so yeah i just wanted to give these guys some some love they're uh super cool dudes uh they're called fuzz on the lens productions and their their trailers are this halloween 60s almost to a quarter million views already that's awesome it's good, good for press them. and uh, y'all should check it out because it's pretty funny and seemed relevant with you know halloween coming out and it it's it's so cool you know like we we know these guys and they've had a hell of a year you know they were in terrifier yeah. and and now <laughs> this and in the credits it says out of shape the out <laughs> i saw i remember seeing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice anyway sorry Oh, short films. Yeah, shorts are awesome. So digestible and good. Mm-hmm. All right, then. So, well, hey, honorable mentions. Anybody have any um, honorable mentions? Oh, man. Well, like... Honestly, I kind of forgot. I know we, uh, when we were coming up with this list together, like, there were so many more... Okay, I mean, because, like we mentioned, uh, three of the four of us run film festivals, and we get to see a lot of films, and a lot of short films. And uh, there's so many that I wanted to, you know, put on the list, but they're just not out yet. And they're uh, not public, and we decided we wanted to make this list of films. We talk about films that are public, and you can go watch yourself after hearing us talk about it. And uh, so I'll definitely put links to all of them in the, in the show notes, but... I guess I, instead of listing them, I just want to be like, uh, go 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 to film festivals, please. You know that's yeah. where you get to see all the yeah the new and the good and all the things that are happening are at film festivals and and more often than not they're mostly short films nowadays and it's the best place to go and see and support and meet the artists, meet the filmmakers, and uh, just not just because I run one, but it. I thought so even before. Oh, uh, yeah. Film fests are, are the best place to see the best shorts. For sure. That's my honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have any anything to add to that or any honorable mentions? Well, I, I will have to say that uh, Corey Norman's uh, Tickle I enjoyed with uh, the kids getting his feet uh, tickled or they'll get chopped off. Did you guys ever see that one? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think we had that one in Halloween. So, was yeah. it last year? Maybe. Yep. Okay. Is he from I, Omaha? Is that? He maybe might not. be different. Norm. I don't know. Sorry. Um, I'm trying to. But I remember. I that. I, I, I kind of have a pamphlet in front of me here right now <laughs> that I'm trying to. Uh, Crowhand is Crowhand is hilarious. If you ever see Crowhand, it's about a guy who. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Crowhand's funny. Uh, there's what's, what the hell is that damn thing? Go, somebody else, go ahead. <laughs> While I'm still looking here, sorry. I really liked uh, from this year at Snaf. Hairwolf was oh. hilarious. Oh and yeah, that fantastic. Was yeah, I'm blanking right now, and I forgot to write any down ahead of time. It sucks because I've seen hundreds and hundreds. hundreds. I have a collection. Of, of short films uh yeah that's why i cheated because I, I mean anything. i could i could give you names 
of ones, but you can't go see them, and and I don't know. How about um, same year that we played Night of the Slasher? We played Portal Portal to Hell with Roddy Piper. Roddy one Piper, of his, one of his oh, last uh, last works oh, yeah. he did. That one was fantastic. Um, yeah, Nasty by uh, Prano Bailey Bond was one of my favorites from a few years ago. Crush by Christopher McKee is a creepy, uh, weird body horror fetish one. So check those out. Man. There was, um, uh, I think it's called uh, Just One, I think. Um, and it had Michael Berryman in it, and it's a... Uh, uh, yeah, it's called One Please, and it's seven minutes long, and it's it's completely silent. And uh, this this ice cream guy out there, um, ice cream truck pulls up, and this little girl uh, goes goes out there, and she she goes up to her mom. She's like, please, please, and she's chopping these, uh, um. Uh, vegetables or whatever, like an onion or whatever. But anyway, uh, and the mom just, you know, says, you know, she hears the, uh, you know, that do 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 do, you know, what it, whatever the ice cream truck makes. <laughs> and uh, she looks at her daughter, and her daughter's just kind of like got like this, her bottom lip sticking out, like you know, please, can I have some ice cream? She's like, fine. So she takes a ribbon out of her daughter's, you know, hair that's holding up her pigtails. And she ties it around her finger, and she lops her her goddamn pinky off, right? And hands it to her daughter. And she goes up to the ice cream man and, and holds up a finger. And it's Michael Berryman dressed up like as the ice cream man, right? And he hands her this ice cream cone for the finger. And it cuts to the dad, and he's reading a newspaper, right? And he's missing like three fingers on his hand, <laughs> and like this, and it shows like a kid's like around the block, you know, a kid's like walking away with like two ice cream cones. So that implies like you know another neighborhood parent cut off two of her fingers so this kid could have a fucking ice cream cone. It's just called, and it was just I thought it was just so effective, and it did, there was no dialogue, just Michael Berryman acting weird and collecting fingers for ice cream in this neighborhood. Cool. That sounds yeah, awesome. I, yeah, it was. It was really. It was really good. Yeah, it's. Uh, let me help you out. See. See what it's called. I think it's called One Please. Okay. And uh, by Jesse Burks. Uh, yeah. And it's seven minutes long, and Mike Michael Berryman's in it. Sweet. I'll have to check that yep. one out. All right. Well, cool. Um, so yeah. Oh, 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 can I give a few more? Oh, I was please do. Thinking, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, I was. I was just thinking. I wanted to shout out. Um, so there was sort of a story that came out this week. Not to make it a long thing, but um, Jason Blum sort of got thrown under the bus because he said uh, that he had a hard time finding female directors. So um, you know, Jill Six. If you just Google her, you'll find all kinds of fantastic oh, yeah. shorts that she does. Yep. Um, Izzy Lee is one of my favorites. She has at least one every year. She works 
it's incredible. Like every year when I open for submissions, I reach out and say, "Hey, do you have anything new?" And she's like, "Well, how many can you take?" And she, you know, it's <laughs> wow. like between, yeah, every year, and she's she's doing two or three, and uh, she's just fantastic. Her stuff, um, like you saw, In's mouth, she, that was awesome. Uh-huh. This year she did My Monster, which was another fantastic one. She she does some everything that she does is completely um, different from her last film, and it's just she does some really great work. So I just sort of wanted to throw some of the uh, other female horror directors out there too, because there are there are female horror directors that get submissions every year that work their asses off and are awesome. So shout out to them too. I just remembered one. Um... It almost made it on this list. On Shutter, there's one called um, "He Took He Was It He Took Off His Skin for Me" or "He Removed His Skin for Me." Oh yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. I really like that, and that was really good. I question if it's horror or not, but it's gruesome as shit because it's this guy <laughs> walking around with no skin for the whole film. But yeah, definitely uh, Hellraiser esque. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was gonna say he's Frank. Man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Frank. Yeah, and it, it still poses that whole thing of how do you take your skin off while keeping your eyelashes and your eyelids, but we won't go there. <laughs> and how do you, I mean... That's what yeah. keeps Tad up at night, wondering those the, things. The infection, I mean, right. just gross. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, well, it's, and it's the fact he didn't scab over either. Yeah. You know, that? Yeah, he, he had a, he was losing all kinds of uh, clients because he didn't have a skin. Poor guy. Yeah, he's leaving blood stains all over the house. You know, he walks upstairs with his hands. Fred just, yeah, right. exactly. Jason, did you see it? Did you watch it? I didn't. Yeah, you should watch it. It's a love story. You oh, like it. I'm into it. Yeah. All right. So, did you have any more, Tad? I'm sorry. No, that's it. Okay. I just wanted. Those two names always pop up every year, so uh, I wanted to give them a shout out. Misty Don- Misty also uh, did um, Hooker Assassin, which an uh, Iowa oh, yeah. City mm, filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, her first short film, it's fantastic. But I'm done now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a break here, guys, and when we come back, it's gonna be segments time here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. Segments time. Let's do it. Yeah. Start off with some shout outs. It's time for shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Okay, we just asked the question uh, you know, what your favorite horror short films were? And uh, we didn't get anything on Instagram or Twitter, but we got several Facebook. Uh, replies. So up first on our page, we got Jack Christensen says, 
there's a really gross one called Aftermath that stuck with me. Anybody get a chance to watch that? That's the that's like one I didn't get to. Uh, it sounds um, familiar though. I'm trying to think. Anyway, uh, uh, Brian McNeil says Creep Show and Cat's Eye. I suppose we have anthology films count. Sure, yeah. for sure. They're just shorts lined up and around. Yeah. Ooh, Emily Krauss picked a good one. She said Silk. It still gets me. God damn it. Why didn't I think of Silk in Honorable Mentions? I love that one. Our buddy Justin Beam's in that. and oh, I'm blanking on the director's name right it's now. It's really freaking good. But it's, 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 it's shot too well for its content. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and it also the same director made Eagle Creek, which is probably, it's another amazing short film, but probably my favorite uh, Bigfoot movie of all time. Did Is that the say right it title? What? Eagle's in it, but I don't know about Creek. Eagle. Uh, Eagle Dick. I don't that's remember. That's probably it. Yes. <laughs> Are you looking? Anyway, I'll, look. I'll move on. Uh, Nick Leadham says, Lights Out. The Birch was pretty good, too. I can't remember the names of most horror shorts I've seen, though. Yeah, that's a problem. When you digest them so quickly, it's yeah harder to stick with you, I guess. Unless you get that program in front of you, which is the best part about film festivals, getting to check off or circle the ones that you saw. Barry Wom says, Charlie Boy. I don't know what that one is. Feel free to go yeah. back and uh, put links up too, guys. Anyone? Yeah. Some people did here later, but. Uh, next we got uh, Liam Shardlow says the cat with hands and this one's fucking awesome and i know you've seen it i have you had to have okay I'm pretty sure oh it's so good i watched it again today the cat with hands it's like a it's like a two guys are go to this well and the old guys telling the new guy this uh spooky tale about this cat that Lives in the well that has hands, human hands. Okay. And then it kind of plays through the the lore of the story of the cat, and I don't know what else to say. It, I, and it's hard to explain that without giving too much away, but hmm. freaking awesome. Eagle Walk, by the Eagle way. Walk. Eagle Walk. Eagle Walk is the short film. Um, about Bigfoot, which is basically so it's, fucking good. it's a slasher film, but with Bigfoot instead of Jason Voorhees. Maybe the best Bigfoot huh. thing I've it, seen. It's my favorite Bigfoot. Yeah, it it literally is. And um, the uh, uh, the director's name is Rob uh, Himba. 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 Yep. Now I'm just looking to see. Yeah, it's a. Uh, on youtube so it's all one word eagle walk oh man it's so good it's about a half an hour and and it's, it's silks on there too isn't it uh, maybe but it's so good guys if you yeah. like bigfoot it's and yeah so like at this summer camp so good i think andy's seen it he's flipping through his notes <laughs> i'm writing it down oh good <laughs> eagle walk and silk anyway Oh, uh, where was I? Uh, yeah, the cat with hands. So good. Thanks, Liam. Um, and Oh, yeah, and then he put a link uh, to it 
on on our Facebook page, so you can click right on it and watch it. Uh, Jen Coke uh, put cleansed, cleansed, and I watched it, and it's pretty good. Um, and then Gabe Delgado says Mockingbird, and he put a link to it on there. I didn't get to watch that one yet. I can't wait to. It's only like it's less than two minutes long, so I'm I'm waiting for this episode to be over. And I'll give right. it a watch. And but shout out to Gabe, who uh, I grew up with, and now he's helping out with as a volunteer for Halloween Palooza. He was. I have no idea how that worked out. Just uh, literally bumped into him, and I'm like, "Hey, hey. guy, I've known my entire life." <laughs> <laughs> and then um, in our Facebook group. Which, by the way, we have a Facebook group. You should go join up if you want to talk horror movies with the gang. Um, Izzy Sutton says, The short films of Mama and Cargo were awesome. I didn't get to watch Cargo in time because it was a little long. Yeah. Ten minutes. I mean, but and the Mama short was freaking amazing. And I love the movie. Yeah. And on YouTube, there's a little, um, the ver- there's a version of it where uh, Guillermo does a little intro for it. And uh, and even Guillermo's like, uh, this is one of the scariest things I've ever seen, and that's why I wanted to produce this movie. And you're just like, oh, shit. It's going to be hard to live up to that. But, <laughs> oh, man, the way it's shot is so cool. Anyway, it's on YouTube. You can find it. And then uh, Andrew Moeller says, Lights Out and Tuck Me In, which I I got a chance to watch, too, and that was... That little kid one. Oh, that was cool. Like you know, last year, last year, last two years were like the year of the story time kid bed kid in bed movie shorts. Yeah, I I refer to it as monster under the bed subgenre, where you know there's a, a monster under the bed or in uh-huh. the closet while the kid's trying to sleep, and oh, that two years ago it was so taxing because there was we got so many movies of that. Submitted to Halloween Palooza uh-huh. to the point where we made our own as kind of a uh, parody of of that yep. subgenre, but um, but this one was short and sweet and it's freaking yeah it was perfect length creepy. again nice and short and uh, but freaking way different than any of the others I've ever seen. Loved it. it was really cool. And then um, Andrew says every '90s commercial ever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And then over on Ted Good's <coughs> Facebook page, uh, we got Brian Clark. He says, Batman dead end counts because I said so. It has aliens and predator in it. It does. And he is right. Batman dead end is freaking amazing. So good. I wish there was a doc about it. There is a doc about oh, it. Oh, that's awesome. But I don't remember the name of I it, so you. no Sorry. point in bringing it up. Okay. Uh, but yeah. and it, it's, it's What a great film. It's a great film. I mean... That was made as a business card. Yep. You know, more than anything else. Definitely more than plot or substance. Um, cause, right. Cause like, why? all it is is just Batman beats the shit out of the Joker uh, in this alley, and then an alien comes along, kills the Joker, so now Batman's got to fight an alien, and then a predator comes along, kills the alien, now he has to fight predators. But End tell of me story. It's, tell me it's not the one of the prettiest things you've ever seen. Oh, it's just, visually, it's just, well, one, it is the best Batman costume ever committed to film. 
how Hollywood cannot fucking get a Batman costume right is beyond me because this guy did it out money out of his own pocket and made the coolest looking Batman costume ever. Um, but I know you like the new Batman costume too. But. It's the best one so far that Hollywood has done. Yeah. Yes, the the Ben Affleck. I really do like that one. Um, but uh, this one's still way better. Um, yeah. It's also one of the best looking Jokers of all time. Yep. You know, makeup wise, and the performance is good too. And the performance was actually done by the guy who played Boner, um, Mike Seaver's best friend from Growing Pains. Who, He's good. Who sadly committed suicide like, yeah. like a year or two after the short film was made, which, wow. which I don't, which I don't know why that never gets brought up when people talk about the Hollywood curse of playing the Joker. Um, anyway, uh, the Predators look amazing. The Alien looks amazing. Um, and and I think it's one of the be- as far as the makeup on the Joker, it's the best. Jo- looking Joker ever committed to film as well. It's like such a comic book looking Joker, over exaggerated nose and chin. Oh, so good, so good. You know, yeah. It's just it's just a fight scene in an alley. That's all it really yeah. is. But it's amazing. You don't go for the story, but you yeah. st- you stay for the awesomeness. For the awesomeness and the visuals, like that shot when Batman jumps off the roof oh. and lands in in the alley, and it's raining through this whole thing too. And he's crouched down, and it's an aerial shot of him where his cape, which is obviously not the same-sized cape in the rest of the short, (laughs) but it's because it's, like, super long, and it's just spread out to look like this giant bat, and he just slowly stands up as the the cape just kind of slides in. It's a cool-looking shot. It's fucking cool. So good. Cape Hmm. is way, way too big in that shot, but it's still a cool-looking shot. So much so that... This this short film inspired, I think, NECA. Does is NECA the one that makes all the Predator figures? Yeah. They, they made a. It's very limited, but they made a Batman Dead End Predator figure. That's awesome. Well, anyway, that's a shout out, guys. Uh, don't. Oh shit! I forgot to look that up. <laughs> Damn phone number. But yeah, y'all. Oh, wrong one. Shit. Uh, so. You can always uh, give us a call on our uh, phone number, our hotline, and uh, and leave us a voicemail, and we'll play your voicemail on the show of your shout-out, comment, or whatever you want. You can uh, give us a call at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP, and that's shout-outs. Now it's time to move on to everybody's favorite segment. With the class clown himself, Insane Mike. And Insane's Picks. And Insane's Picks. And Insane's... It's just Insane segment. (laughs) Once in a lifetime... A television event comes along that will change the way we look at TV forever. Only ever airing once in 1976, this one-time event was the ultimate Halloween TV special. It is, of course, Paul Lynn's Halloween special. 
That's right. That lovable center square, Paul Lynn from Hollywood Squares in the 70s, had his very own Halloween special. And it is awesome. Is it? Awesome. Okay. Only airing once, ever, and yet somehow the special has still has survived. No original elements were saved. This was... Yeah, yeah, I don't know how I don't know how this happened, but it is available on DVD from S'more Entertainment. I ordered the DVD last week and was so excited. I got ordered it and Multiple Maniacs. They both came the same day, and I think I was probably more excited about the Paul Lynn Halloween special. <laughs> That's how awesome this is. What's so awesome about it? Well, here here we go. Let me tell you what what, what let me tell you a little bit about it. So as it turns out, Paul Lynn's housekeeper just happens to be the Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. And she tricks Paul Lynn, along with her sister Witchy Poo from HR Puff and Stuff, into being their celebrity spokesperson on behalf of all witches. See, witches seem to have a bad rap, and they want uh, Paul Lynn to kind of help, help uh, clear their name. It has a crazy, crazy cast, such as Billy, Billy Barty, Florence Henderson, who sings a disco song. Tim Conway, Margaret Hamilton, Ross Kelly, known as Pinky Tuscadero, and Billy Hayes. Uh, this is full of skits and musical numbers, most of which has very little to do with Halloween. Um, there are also amazing guest stars such as Donnie Marie Osmond, Betty White, and Kiss. That's right, Kiss, in their very first ever TV appearance on the Paul Lynn Halloween special. Kiss performs three songs uh, in the special, Beth, Detroit Rock City, and King of the Nighttime World. Well, when I say performed, I mean lip-synced poorly. But it's awesome. Anybody who's a Kiss fan should run right out and order this because it is kind of a oddity, rarity for Kiss collectors to have. Because again, in, in the history of Kiss, it has actual significance in the fact that this is the first time they were ever on television and i don't know you know first of all i'm a sucker for 70s television specials that's got to be the main thing as cheesy as they are especially when it's a halloween special and even though a lot of the skits and songs and bits don't have anything to do with halloween nope. there's still you still have that halloween feel because i think i feel they do a good job of like you know a lot of the costumes still have like Halloween a Halloween look to them because they're like orange. There's they use a lot of orange and green in the sets and in the outfits and whatnot. So so it's there. It's just they didn't write the skits around Halloween no. whatsoever. Uh -uh. No, none. But uh, um, with the exception of the wraparound story where Paul Lynn is is trapped in this ha house with with uh, two witches. And when I say it's the Wicked Witch of the West and Witchy Poo from H.R. Puff and stuff, it is literally those actresses dressed huh. as those characters calling each other those characters. So how MGM didn't sue uh, ABC for using um, the Wicked Witch of the West is beyond me. I guess it was the 70s and it was simpler times. Um, but man, and, and I'm sorry, I'm also a sucker for Paul Lynn. Like... I know he's cheesy by today's standards, but he makes me laugh. I'll watch Hollywood Squares all day long if I could, man. Paul Lynn, I think, is really funny. And 
And a lot of these other guys, too. I think Tim Conway is one of the funniest people ever to be in the entertainment industry and never gets enough credit for it. Like his 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 improvisational skills is second to none by by most anyone. So and and I just remember growing up watching the Carol Burnett show and where other people are struggling to try not to laugh during the skits, he always maintained a straight face. He's like the Will Ferrell of the Carol Burnett show where you can't get him to crack, but yet he's cracking everyone else up. So um he, so yeah. He made he made Harvey Corman's job so damn hard. <laughs> yes. he, he would just tear into him, man. I mean, just poor Harvey couldn't hold it. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, and I know I, I know I've watched this on YouTube before. I don't know if it's still streaming on YouTube, but I would recommend doing a search see if it is. I remember first time I saw it was maybe like six or seven years ago. Well, I don't know if it's the first time or not. I may have actually actually seen this in the seventies, and I just don't remember. But um, uh, there was a there was a Roku channel called Bizarre TV that I miss very very much, and I was flipping through it late one night in October about four or five years ago, and boom, you know the pollen Halloween special. I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm watching this, and never regretted it to the point where I own it now on DVD. So yes, check it out to the pollen Halloween special. Your new annual tradition. Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching it every Halloween season, just like the Star Wars holiday special I watch around every Christmas Ugh. season. It's just trash amongst trash. <laughs> <laughs> On top of trash. <clears throat> anyway, did, speaking of the Star Wars holiday special, did I tell you <laughs> I was at um, Jay's Collectibles in Des Moines. And, and uh, Which is a really cool store. Tons of Everything you would ever want to collect. Comic books, records, DVDs, Blu-rays, video games. Tons and tons of toys. 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 Yeah, tons and tons of toys. Heck yeah. And sitting on the glass counter was a Star Wars book that I remember having as a child. And I so wanted to buy it, but I didn't. Um, If I ever find it again, I am buying it. But uh, just because, one, it was a book that I had as a child, and two... It continually validates the existence of the Star Wars Holiday Special because the book is about the Wookiee family. It's got Itchy and what was the grandpa's name? Lumpy or whatever. Scratchy. Yeah. Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah. Yeah. The whole book was centered around the Chewbacca family from the Star Wars Holiday Special. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. I actually remember this book. So... If I ever see it again, I'm totally buying uh, it. I'd watch the Paul Lynn special with you, but the Star Wars holiday special is tough. It's tough to get through. There's a lot of fast-forwarding to go on through that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's it. That's this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, really means a lot uh, that you listen to the show. I want to thank everybody for the shout-outs. Uh, yeah. I, I just love... Thank you much. What's that? I said thank you much. Yes. I just I just love when our um listeners interact with the show and that's the best way to do it is 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 um the shout outs. Uh thanks to our Patreon supporters that help keep the show going and inspire us to create even more content for you guys um through these YouTube um videos and and bonus episodes. Um also thanks to Shudder for being a sponsor of the show. And you don't have uh, it, go get it. <laughs> 
What's that? If you don't have it yet, go get it. That's right, and you can get a month free from us by um, using the promo code AOTKP. So that's it for this episode. We will talk to you again soon, and we'll see you next time on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast.